Mike, turn your games down. Hi, everybody. Welcome to episode 203 of Games My Mom Found. I am Mike Overton, and I kept you waiting, huh? With this me tonight. Is, this is Joe Butler, and I am the lightning, the rain transformed. This is Liquid Blair, the clone of Blair Farrell, the owner of comicbookvideogames.com, the original die from taking a shot every time someone said the word nanomachines. I mean, you would if you did that. You would die quickly. <laughs> Very quickly. Hence the clone. It's nice to be here. <laughs> All right. And we are here. We are bringing you an episode that's been years in the making for us to finally cover this. We are talking about Metal Gear Solid 4 Guns of the Patriots, which came out in 2008. God, that's been a while. I uh, wanted to save this for the podcast. You both played this. I could not. The only way to play this is on PS3 because I tried everything to get it running on the emulator and could not. No, you're fine. I mean, it's it's a bitch to run. It It's amazing that I couldn't get it running. My my P it's because like my PC's modern. Like I have a 380. It's. I can play pretty much everything new currently at, at medium settings if I wanted to, but could not get Metal Gear Solid 3. Things a whole different beast on its own. Mm-hmm. The power of the cell engine. <laughs> or processor, so, I mean, and you know what? Watching this or however you, is the same is not that far off from playing it. In my yeah. opinion. <laughs> it's better to watch it. I'm going to say, yes, this is so also to kind of go along with that. I'm, I'm glad that you made it. Otherwise, I mean, this game is a bitch to play because it doesn't, exist other than ps3 they never re-released it on ps4 ps5 nothing i mean one of the other guys that was supposed to be on this carrie a uh, carrie chandler friend of the show who's on here a lot too he tried to run this on on his pc he couldn't run it either and he ran demon Souls just fine like this game is it's so stupid that this game is locked to the ps3 i don't understand why because the ps3 and this is someone who has that system has enjoyed games on it it sucks <laughs> it literally is the turning point for Sony where like you have the PlayStation five now and it can only stream PS3 games because the architecture is so weird that it's like the engineers have put so much work into doing getting like emulators on the system that it's just not worth the money as opposed to like the 360, which in that era, you know, kind of took the win out of the PS3 because even though they had the red ring of death, it was I'm not going to say off the shelf components, but it was easier to make things for. And in like the time this game came out, ports the PS3 of multi-platform games were generally the worst way to play. I just I, it just makes me sad that this game doesn't exist in some other way. And it, it really needs to be ported. See, I was saying that before I played it and then after I played it, uh, I had some different opinions. <laughs> <laughs> I I think this game is good. I feel like this game should have been ported only because it's the it's the definite ending to Metal Gear Solid 4. 5 is even more is just as much as a prequel as 3 is and nothing else really comes after 4. No, 4 I mean yeah, there's Revengeance. I forgot about Revengeance. Yeah, but, but 4 is the end of Snake's story. It's the end of Metal Gear Solid the Metal Gear Solid series 1, 2 and 3. You know, it's really the end of all of that. It takes everything, wraps it up, puts a nice bow on it, and says goodbye. I mean, it would put a bow on it. I wouldn't know if I'd call it a nice bow. <laughs> it's not uh, a nice bow. It really yeah. is. <laughs> but I'm, I'm actually shocked just thinking about this era because I remember 
like this was the era of the PS2, like where the PS2 was like, okay, here's Devil May Cry and Metal Gear and other things, and this is only on PlayStation 2. Like it's not on GameCube, it's not on Xbox, as a company could afford to just have a game yeah. in one place. And then when the transition happened to PS3 to 360, like Devil May Cry, I remember was a big thing. Shane Bettenhausen was on like one up and said Devil May Cry 4 is never going to Xbox 360. <laughs> and then like, we have to put this on Xbox 360 because this thing's expensive. It has yeah, not much of an install base. But then, you know, Metal Gear Solid 4 just like got two its guns of the Patriots. <laughs> I mean, part of that's Kojima, I think, too, has something to do with it. And Konami just doesn't give a shit about stuff, too. And they hate don't, they hate Kojima, don't they, at this point or something? Something happened bad when he left. But this was the last bastion of, well, it was in that era where, like, you're making us piles of money. We don't care what you do. Just keep doing what you're doing. Like, okay. I, I'm pretty sure there was Metal Gear Solid 4 PS3 bundles. Yes. So this was big enough that it was a system. I mean, I bought a PS3 for this game. I mean, this was one of the reasons why I have a PS3. I bought a when I bought my PS3, it came with this because I bought it off my roommate guy or whatever, whatever the hell he was. Something was almost like family at times, but he he was he was he had bought it. He was going to sell it to a pawn store because he needed so, like he needed money. I said, well, hey, I'll buy it off you for almost the same price, you know, for a little bit more. And then I remember he brought it to me in a big garbage bag with this and a couple of games in it well, while he's riding a skateboard. I'll never forget that. And that's why I got my PS3. If I hadn't <laughs> bought a brand, because I got a new phone the day, the, like maybe a couple of weeks ago, about last week. If I had not bought a new phone and like I had gotten the emulator going, I would have waited to buy a new phone like in a month or two. And I would have went out and bought a PS3. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I mean, that's just... No, you're fine. I'm glad that you didn't. I would have felt bad if anybody would have went through that much crap for this. Yeah, but I also would have also bought... Because one, that PS3 is not expensive. It's maybe 70, 80 bucks. And this game is not... Surprisingly, oh. is not also not expensive. This isn't like a, oh, look up on uh, eBay and it's like $300. No, this game's like 20 bucks. Like, no one really gives a shit. So... Yeah, no, you're right. They are not expensive. I thought they would be a lot more... Yeah, and well, so like, I mean, 150 for a PS3. Buy it now. Looks like it on one of the on eBay, like 125. Yeah. That's not bad. I would. I don't, I don't know if the digital store can. I think you can't use a credit card, but can you still like add PlayStation bucks to buy things? I think so. Because the PS1 store and PS3 and the PS2 games, for that matter, are fantastic. Because you can st- even which is a little bit more, but also completely worth it. You can go to Amazon and buy the Metal Gear bundle, which comes with Metal Gear, Metal Gear 2, Metal Gear Solid for PS1, 2, 3, and 4, and it's only like 40 bucks. And I wow. was, Yeah, and I could... 150 for a PS3, I probably would have spent, because I think you can also, that much as a PS3, with a backwards compatible. They yeah, started off with... That one? Yeah. yeah. So more exclusive than a PS5. Yeah. Would I have dropped $200? For Metal Gear, I'm a huge Metal Gear fan, so I would have. I mean, but to be honest, like, the fact that you didn't play, this game is mostly, like, the the speedrun for this game is two hours, and that's on the hardest difficulty with them trying to get Big Boss so they don't kill anybody, they don't get alerted, and it's a two-hour speedrun. This game took me, I think, 15 hours to play through on easy when I just played it, and nine nine hours of that guaranteed is cutscenes. So Yeah, the the cutscenes for these games are, like, 
if you look up Metal Gear Solid 4, all cutscenes or the movie, they all clock in about eight or nine hours. Yeah, I mean that. But that's <laughs> fine because this game is this game is an experience more than a game. It's not. It's very much an. Ex- I mean, that's just the way to describe it. Because I mean, there was good big chunks of time where I didn't play anything. I just I played like for you know I played for ten minutes and I'd sit back and watch half an hour worth of cutscenes or something. I played for another. I mean, there were maybe there's a stretch I played for an hour at most, and then I sat back and just watched. You know, but still good it's just it's that's the type of game it is you know and and you just have to accept that i would say that the balance just isn't good no and and that's even as early as act one because i mean i this is only i think the third time i've ever played this is i I remember when it came out i was counting down the days (laughs) like i remember i called in sick to work to play it and then i came back the next day and my supervisor was like, oh, how are you feeling? I'm like, oh, pretty good. And, he, and I was like, and then he said, so how's Metal Gear? And I was like, oh, man, it's really great. Uh, he knew. He understood. He didn't care. <laughs> um, and then I tried to play it again, I'm going to say a year later, and then I just lost steam and that I've never wa- really wanted to go back. And in playing this, you like, even the opening, when I think compared to like the tanker of Metal Gear 1, or two rather and the opening of Metal Gear Solid 1 and how much you do in those opening hours compared to this where you're just walking around like boring same brown environments not really doing anything of interest it's kind of shocking how much of a rough start this game has now you say the opening which opening do you mean the 30 minute install where you watch Snake smoke a cigarette <laughs> <laughs> Do you mean the really weird live action cutscenes where David Hader they're doing an interview with David Hader and he's wearing a solid snake eye or there's, you know, people talking about eating crocodiles because, you know, the world's ended and we have to learn how to eat animals because there's like three openings to this game. <laughs> I didn't see those. I mean, I saw the, the install one, of course, I saw that one, but I didn't well, actually I walked away and let it install on its own, but I didn't see the live action one. Yeah, the the game starts off with the weird like live action where David Hayer is being interviewed. It's you can like flip through channels. Yeah, you can flip through channels. Yeah, it's just fucking weird. <laughs> oh, I don't think I I think I must have skipped that or something. I don't remember this. I think it depends on the loading time. Okay, because so, yeah, I didn't have super long loading times. Like I don't know, it, just, it wasn't too bad. But it's just it's a very it's a very strange game too. Like the way it, I mean, the story of it is. I mean, the first act takes place in the Middle East, which I think very it fits very much time. 2008, when this came out, it's been produced. I mean, we were very much into the Middle East anyway, because you have Iraq happening around that time for America. You have so much stuff happening that it makes complete sense to have this open in the Middle East and kind of have that. But it's also like it's so weird because like when this game starts, like, you know, you you all of a sudden you see Old Snake pretty quickly. And, you know, if you hadn't watched all the trailers or saw the cover of the damn game, like. You know, it's kind of shocking to see Snake all of a sudden be old, like this old. Like, it, it really is shocking. And it, it still kind of hits. And just, I remember there being a trailer for this game or like an announcement, something after three came out. It's like, oh, stealth won't be the same. And it just has Snake running around. And this is young Snake before they you know ever went this far. And it was just, I mean, this was years before. And that was my first experience with it. And it's like, it's just, I don't know. It's just such a, the, the gameplay is also so weird, too, because you you really don't fight people in the first chapter. Like you have, you have the, you have two different people fighting. You have the, the militaries that kind of against you. Then you have the random people that are just with you, I guess, sort of, but no one's your enemy. They even say that like, like neither one is your enemy. Just get through this and don't get seen. Oh, it's just, it's just very strange. 
I'm going to make a bold statement and hopefully someone will back me up. <laughs> Leading up to the, this game and watching, just thinking about the context of all the things that were said about it when it came before it came out. Kojima was hyping this at an almost Peter Molyneux level of hyperbole. <laughs> because I, like as you mentioned, like there's two wars. I remember like the original reading the EGM. And I think when they just had like the Yodishinkawa character art and it was, oh, there's going to be a big battlefield. There's going to be two sides. And then if you side with one, then the other, they'll help you. But then you won't get access to something else because these other guys. And really, you're just like a pedestrian, just like going through this. And it's like, why am I even shooting anyone? <laughs> like, well, later in the game that that comes into play i think it's whenever you're doing or trying to track naomi they drebin character we'll get into later uh ends up <laughs> saying that there's two sides and you can choose to help one but i know for a fact because this game's over like two decades old almost that doesn't really do anything you can even skip them fighting and go past them and nothing, it doesn't change anything yeah. at all like it's very and that's it's funny because even thinking about Again, the era this came out, it feels primitive mm -hmm. because like Metal Gear always like Metal Gear Solid 2 was a system seller. Metal Gear Solid 1 was a game changer. Like Metal Gear Solid 3, when it came out, was a little bit rough because the overhead camera was showing its age. But then he put out subsistence with the over the splinter cell camera, which made it a lot more palatable because like just something as simple as shooting in this like Gears of War came out in 2006 and this and like i was just trying to like go in the cover but it's like okay i have to like crouch and then just like uncrouch and i can't really lean around corners and look around so it was that era of like japanese game development where like inafune like the co-creator father of Mega Man, where he made a controversial statement like japan was dying and i don't think that was the case but you can definitely tell that like the in this in particular that it felt not modern and up the standards of like what else was on the market no i can i i can i can agree with that because this game is not it's not as much as like i said you know i'm gonna say this too many times it's more of an experience than a game it doesn't you know stuff that would have been out i don't even know what the hell would have been out in 2008 to to think you know to kind of but i i games that i would have played this this is not this is does not feel like other games would have felt because there's less gameplay there's no online i don't think there, there was no online feature for this right there was, I think, it, I'm not sure if it was at launch, but it came after, I think, because Metal Gear Solid 3 had MGO, and I think this yeah. had a, or Metal Gear Online, okay. and but, I think this may have had one afterwards. I don't know, my, my case is out in the living room. No, you're good, it doesn't, I mean, mine's in <laughs> front of me about five feet, but I have to get up, I don't care enough. So, I, I just, but it just, you're right, it, it, it was lacking features, I think, that a game would have been expected to have in 2008. It wasn't, I mean, it didn't even have trophies at first when this came out, I know that. Uh... I mean, I, I don't remember if PS3 had trophies in general, but I know this game didn't. And this was like the big PS3 game, you know, at the time. Well, like, trophies and Rumble. Remember, Rumble wasn't at launch of PlayStation 3. Like trophies and Rumble were things that were playing catch up to the 360. Well, the Rumble was because of like a lawsuit. But I think uh, Rumble, <laughs> the DualShock 3 came out in earlier that year because I remember buying one and they patched it back into Uncharted and Resistance. Okay, so, I just don't, I don't remember a whole lot. I actually didn't play this until, I think, 2010 or 2012. I don't, 
I think it was it was later. I didn't get a hold. Of, I didn't have a PS3. I got this later. Like well, my garbage big story. So <laughs> that's why I first played this. <laughs> I was excited though. I remember I played this game like right away when I got it because I I was I had been waiting to play it. I just I had a I had a 360 only. One of the things that I love, I love Kojima like to death, and I'll probably buy every game that he comes out with because they're just dog shit insane. Mm-hmm. And I know I always feel like it probably is true because Death Stranding is a, is a goddamn genius game. But um, I always feel like Konami does hold Kojima back. This, not this, but Five proves it because Five has a third act that was never made because Konami said it was too expensive and they will have lost money. One of the features that I always bring up that uh, Kojima wanted to do was he wanted to have a game where they put a special chemical on it. And if you put it in your computer and when your computer starts to run hot, it would smell like blood. <laughs> and the other one being he wanted to make a game to where if you died, you would it would destroy the disc and you would have to go out and buy a new one. And Konami said, what the fuck, Kojima? We're not doing that. He just, a, he's an artist in a very strange way. Let's just say that. And I think this is... After this game, because I was very much like Metal Gear Solid 1, I played it a year after it came out, and I was drinking the Kool-Aid like crazy, like this man's ingenious. But even replaying this, I think this is when I realized that, like, I don't know if he's a genius game designer or just a guy who just really likes movies. Yeah, Um, especially in Act 3. And I, which I, oh, I have thoughts about Act 3 that I really want to get into, but we'll get there. (laughs) We're like... And even like after this, like I, I think his name is still big, but I don't think it's ever as big as like this is the last time when his name on something truly meant something. Because I think it was in the era, this is the last time where Konami could realistically give him all the money and just yeah. let him do what he wants. Because five, I haven't played five yet still, but I know there's so much controversy of what konami did during that time and then you have death stranding which is years later still never played that either i want to but yeah this is definitely like the the big because i mean this also doesn't i'm gonna say this again doesn't feel like a game at time because there's so there's so much of just other stuff because he just did what he wanted to do and i mean that's fine i mean this game is unique but it's not you don't really get to run around in the sandbox and play around. You don't like I played Metal Gear Solid 2 so many times. I love Snake Eater. That's the best in the series by far for me. But you can because you can play around in that playground. You can go and mess with people. You can do things in this game. You're really just trying to get from point A to point B to get more cutscenes and, and then get to a boss fight eventually. Like it doesn't have a playground. I mean, you get a bunch of different weapons you get, but you don't it don't they don't matter. Like I found one gun that was powerful enough and it worked and I I was good to go. It didn't I didn't need to switch weapons. It didn't matter because I just was just trying to get through it. You know, it's just it's a different it's a different thing. But it really feels like like you're saying, like Kojima just wanted to make what he wanted to make and he wanted to make a movie. So he he made a movie, which is fine because it's unique. And I don't think I want to be in his unenviable position, because when you think about So Metal Gear Solid 2 came out in 2001, and I remember when when they announced Metal Gear Solid 3, and and Metal Gear Solid 3 is probably my favorite in the series now, but when they announced it, I was bummed, because I really wanted to know what happened after Metal Gear Solid 2, because it was just so insane. But then Metal Gear Solid 3 was kind of like, okay, we have to do something much, much simpler, which I love. And this game is like, okay, we have to wrap up all of these plot lines and it just really breaks under the weight of we have to give everyone a a conclusion and figure out 
what this whole nonsense with the Patriots that we made up in Metal Gear Solid 2 and give that like a wrap up. And it's I mean, just imagine if you played this one and this was your first Metal Gear Solid game. You would have no idea. <laughs> and you wouldn't like it, though. Yeah, you wouldn't. If you didn't have all the history of Metal Gear Solid 1, 2, 3, this game would mean nothing to you and it would be just a bloated piece of garbage. And I just think. think about it, like Metal, like Resident Evil 4 came out in 2005, and if you never played a Resident Evil game prior to that, you would be mostly fine. Where this is, if you're not on the Metal Gear train, here's a refund for your ticket. Go buy something <laughs> else. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, 100%, because this isn't, this game doesn't, it, it you know, because again, like, <laughs> I'm going to say it again, it's not much of, you know, not as much gameplay. You're not really getting to just do things. You're just, this is there as a payoff to the people who've been here all along. It, that's just all it is. I mean, this because this whole I mean, this game, like in act one, you have Meryl shows up and you have all the, the stuff with Meryl and them being like, hey, you're old. And like, it's all <laughs> fan service to wrap up the story, to bring all these. I mean, you bring everybody back. You have Akiba part, as part of this team, Rap Patrol, who's who's shitting himself just like he did in Metal Gear Solid 1, 2, you know, like they it's everything is just there to pay off stuff. That was in the that was in the series. So like, if you came into this with no idea, you wouldn't. It's not for you. It's it, this is one of those games where you really have to play everything for it, which is not a good way to sell a game because you're going to cut out your audience. Like, I mean, you think a lot of series Bioshock Infinite, you can play one. It doesn't matter if you played one or two. You still can enjoy Infinite. I mean, it's not a four, but like there's so many most games don't need you to play and know the other parts of the series in order to enjoy it. It doesn't. This is one of the very few circumstances where you have to, I think. And just think about, because when Metal Gear Solid came out, in the West, no one had ever played Metal Gear 2. So when the reveal of the ninja's identity happens, and Snake's like, Gray Fox, and I'm just like, okay, who's that? I have no idea. <laughs> it's in the manual. Like, they have to wrap up the plot. Uh, there's summaries <laughs> of Metal Gear and Metal Gear 2, because we have, like, a bastardized version of Metal Gear here, which I never played. I haven't. I've never seen ads for it. I I have since gone back and played it. So that was really like my first Metal Gear game. But I got in and I was like, okay, you're a lone wolf, Snake Plissken style hero has to infiltrate this base to stop terrorists. And it gets (laughs) a lot more advanced than that. But when you boil it down to it, just elements, it's you're a one man army against terrorists who are trying to use a nuclear weapon to destabilize the earth. There is your elevator pitch. Yeah. Yeah. this was at a time whenever like spy movies were still really good. Like I, I, I want to say it's probably just through memory, but I remember people advertising Metal Gear Solid as, oh, if you like the 007 movies, you'll love Metal Gear Solid. Probably, yeah. I mean, that that feels very fair because Metal Gear Solid is very much like that. But also Metal Gear Solid 1 has so much gameplay. So does 2, so does 3. Like there's stuff to do. I mean, there's cutscenes. I mean, but they're nothing like this. Yeah. But just look at the opening of Metal Gear Solid 1 and compare it to the opening of this. And I was thinking about that the entire <laughs> time because you sneak into Shadow Moses, you get to the elevator, you do the hallway shootout, you fight Revolver Ocelot, and then you use your smokes to feel to get to the or get through the lasers to fight the tank with Vulcan yeah. Raven. And that's by hour two or three, even watching cutscenes and codex. And in this, you're walking through brown <laughs> hollowed out buildings mostly following a straight line yeah not really not interacting with, with anything and like then you fight fraud people <laughs> but again it's just 
it's it's a lot of the idea of like Lucas, where Lucas was given, you know, when he made the prequel, he was surrounding himself with people that were yes men. I, I'm pretty sure. And look what he made, you know, like this kind of same idea as I, I enjoyed this. <laughs> but it's I, I think it just doesn't work well when you're a creative person, if you're surrounded by people who will just tell you you're amazing and not people that will test you and push you and be like, no, that's a little crazy, buddy. Like, I, I don't know if that's that's what happened here, but I could see that. And there's no bosses in Act One, I because I was taking notes as I was playing. So there's no bosses no. to speak of. Just the frog fight in the end is considered because in in Metal Gear, any fight where you have to fight is considered a boss fight. So that's how Metal Gear Solid Two did it, at least. Like because um in the end of this, in the end of Act One, you run in when you meet the rat, the Rat Pack, and everything. You have a scene where a bunch of frog the frogs attack. Frogs are like these are liquids, personal soldiers that are all women that for some reason scream really weird when you kill them and <laughs> they that that's considered because you have to fight them you can't avoid them you have to kill them all it's a weird fight too but you're right it's weird that there's not a boss fight in act one that it just and i and i thought there would be i thought it was strange that this was this, this was the end that there was no beast that you had to fight because in act one you do see the four beasts which are still great way better than dead cell <laughs> but oh are it, they everything's better than dead cell i hate the beauty and the beast squadron i i like them all like the em. boss sites fights except for the one in act four i think they're terrible boss fights and boring characters and i hated okay. listen for drebin to go on for like five minutes <laughs> explaining why the person i just killed was there in the first place <laughs> is it is I, it is it the second part of the boss fight that gets you? Because I, I know a lot of people were complaining about that whenever it came out. That like, oh, it's cool to fight them. And then you have a weird scene where you have to fight a sexy lady. And have I to just do, think they're obnoxious them. bullet sponges. Like, And the first one is in Act 2. I can't remember. Is that the octopus? Yes. Laughing yeah. octopus. And you're just in this like very enclosed building playing hide and seek. And it's like really annoying. And then the one in Act 3... I was ready to throw my controller at the wall. We'll get there. Yeah. <laughs> so act one finishes up. I mean, you get so many cutscenes throughout this. You get Otacon talking to you. I mean, you just have so much stuff happening that and then eventually and then oh, and like the ending of act one is where you, you run into Ocelot and then he does something where he ends up making everybody start spazzing out because you guys all have nano machines in you and he can control the nano machines. And I guess that's kind of what the whole thing's about, that everybody in the military and all in any type of military has like think, has nano machines inside them that then control them to suppress pain, to suppress emotions, to do all this stuff. And that's what makes. But it's, he's, he but that's what the page, the guns of the Patriots are. And then he is manipulating and Ocelot is trying to manipulate that so he can affect people and kind of take over. And that's what the whole, I guess, part of the story is that, like, we're de- we're everyone dependent on this government assistance or something in a way. Oh, it's strange. But it, it and then when Act 1 ends, you end up then going to South America because you find out Naomi from Metal Gear Solid 1 is in South America, sends you a sends you a video and then you go there to go rescue her, you think. <laughs> There, there's tons of points uh, in this first act that I love and I think are really interesting. And I think it's good character building for the most part because as weird as this game is, I love the story. And we're, we're talking about how some of the other games, you have to play the other ones to understand a lot of stuff that's going on in this. I have a personal headcanon that completely makes sense, but it's never confirmed in the game. And it is that the reason why Sonny has a stuttering problem is because Snake pumped Olga full of tranquilizers <laughs> yeah. in Metal Gear 2. And you wouldn't think that unless you played Metal Gear Solid 2. 
Yeah, no, I can see that. Yeah. And uh, one of the other things that I know that they cut from this game, uh, which is interesting, is that Revengeance was originally supposed to be a prequel. And there's concept art, I think maybe in either this or something else that shows there is a fully robot cyborg riding holding a baby in in a like a blanket and it's a uh, it's sunny it's it confirmed it's sunny and that was supposed to be the plot of revengeance but they scrapped it apparently because the metal gear team couldn't figure out how to make a character action game and then they gave the idea to platinum and giving it to platinum they decided to turn it into more of a sequel than a prequel i'm i'm okay with that i mean it's so different so i don't consider it you know i mean it's part of the series yes but like this is i still consider this the end of the series <laughs> just because the this wraps up everything else and revenue is just weird but good it's a weird yeah. ass game if you haven't played it before well they tease they tease uh revenge in this and i will save that for the end of the podcast but yeah yeah and then you have meryl with with rat patrol and you get introduced and it it's a weird thing where the whole point of the timeline there in which i always love being like oh this is t- 2014 this is how the future's supposed to look and i look over at my calendar like harvey birdman where it's 2023 and i'm like oh yeah sure let, let's go with that <laughs> <laughs> and you have a very, very hard eye winking of what is it? Did they call him Akiba as a nickname here already? I think so. Where Pretty he sure j- they do. The yeah, most he cancelable j- character in Metal Gear history. <laughs> <laughs> he, you know, he he wears a face mask and he just can't keep up. And you find him shitting in a fucking oil barrel, which Snake looks at and goes, "I should hang out in this one and not go find a new one." You can take that barrel too and use it as one of the best weapons in the game. Apparently, I think you. You get it automatically. OK, it's one of the best weapons yeah. in the game, unfortunately, as a, at watching speedruns like that's what they use. <laughs> Some of them they use that barrel as, like to knock people out and stuff. Yeah, I love the frog fight, uh, the frog stuff. The frogs, I think, are pretty cool. There's references to them being weird because they do the snake pose. And I think that's pretty, pretty cool. I do like like how much women are part of Ocelot's army. Like you're the frogs are all women. You have the the the, the beauty and the beast that are women like i do kind of like that theme yeah. yeah i i can also complain a little about the story because meryl in like several lines switches back and forth she's like snake why are you so old you need to get with the times and go home and relax because you're old man and i don't want you getting hurt but my god you need to get with the future it's it's also more of like he's incorporate he's coming up on her and kind of invading her territory like she's in charge she's in charge of a unit and stuff like that in charge of an pro you know and here he is like it you know and he, it's someone that she looked up to so i kind of get that like i don't yeah so i mean it, it's also very strange to see someone that you knew all of a sudden you know that was like you know you're romantically interested and all of a sudden they're you know looks like they're 40 years older <laughs> i would I have to interject because i know it's everyone was talking about the year that it takes place i think it's 2014 yeah. Uh, and everyone has iPods with wheels and flip phones. That's a note that I had to take. <laughs> uh, hey, that's OK. I mean, there was a huge jump in technology with phones. So I, I that's OK. It's funny, though. <laughs> Who would have thought like the, the, the jump that we have in, in such a small amount of time from flip phones to smartphones, like to where we are now with smartphones? Hey, we got flip smartphones again. Doesn't that count? Yes. My husband has <laughs> one and I fucking hate it. He always I only want it for one reason. The snap. So. Snap it close on people. No, I want to emulate 3DS and DS on it. Oh, yeah, that's fair. That's the only reason <laughs> I want one. But I'm like, I could probably just hack a DS. But I'm like, uh, I told I, that's it. <laughs> so it's not going to happen because you have a Steam Deck. Yeah, I know. And, but 
not for three DS, the most hackable system where you just put everything on an R4 card. Mm-hmm. I, I have a 3DS, and I, I thought about it, actually, because a, a friend of mine did it. Oh, another thing I wanted to mention is, uh, before we recorded this, Carrie was, was playing through Metal Gear Solid 3 because he never played it before to get ready for this. And I'm like, I'm thinking to myself, you don't need to play 3 to pl- to enjoy to play this. And after we, I started playing, it's like, God, fuck, if you don't play 3, this game will not make sense at times. Because it's <laughs> so much, They, I mean, they don't really include Peace Walker, because I haven't played Peace Walker still for some reason, or Portable Ops, which I think is not even considered well, canon, he- but it is. Peace Walker wasn't out. Peace Walker came out after this. Oh, Peace Walker. Yeah. After, okay, that makes more sense. Because I was like, they don't reference any of that because I don't know any of that. So I'm like, okay, I know a little bit, but not much. Not because it was nice. You don't need to. You don't need to experience any of that. You just need to play the main series. I mean, you don't even need to play Metal Gear One and Two to really enjoy this game. Just solid Metal Gear. You know, just all the Metal Gear Solid stuff. You don't need to play the other stuff. You think that, but that's not 100 percent true because it goes into it in later games and. I believe uh Blair, are you familiar with any of the other Metal Gear games in so much as what i read in the manual i finished Metal Gear one on nintendo because i know Metal Gear solid three i have subsistence and it came with like the cell phone ports of one and two and i meant they're, to play them but i never did i don't think are they they're good though i played Metal Gear two solid snake on there for the show back in episode 48 some 49 somewhere around there it's it's good it's still it holds up that's weird I think the reason why, and later on, which also is a red herring, the reason why whenever you meet Big Mama, the reason why <laughs> uh, Big Boss looks like that is because you set him on fire at the end of Metal Gear Solid yeah. 2, or Metal, Metal Gear, Gear 2. Metal Gear you, 2. You fight okay. barehanded on a minefield, or is that the Gray Fox fight? That's the Gray Fox fight, Metal Gear 1. Metal Gear 2, you shoot you shoot him or something, but you in the end, you, have light, you light him on fire. I, I don't remember, it's been a while. Robot in 2. Hmm? Is that a plot point in Metal Gear 2? The big boss is like part robot or something? No, you... I he's don't in know. The, he's in the Metal Gear and it looks like he's part of it, but he's not. Oh. He's like, There's also yeah. the fake Metal Gear 2 for NES, which is not made by Kojima and was just made and did, is not part of canon. Hey, what the fuck? Really? Yeah, because yeah, I'm... <laughs> revenge. I have it. Or I had it once upon a time. The joke with that is he was on a bus talking to someone like, yeah, we're making Metal Gear 2. He's like, what? He's like, yeah, we're making a Metal Gear 2 for NES game. And he's like, I'm going to make my own Metal Gear 2. So the because the, <laughs> the real Metal Gear games are Metal Gear 1 and, and Metal Gear 2 Solid Snake for MSX. Or, or now on only way to play them, I think it's PS2, the subsistence collection. Those are considered part of the actual story where the NES, the two NES games are not. Are just, just crazy shit that doesn't exist. Well, Metal Gear on Nintendo is it's kind of just the same thing, only they had to make corners again on Nintendo. Me yeah, Snake's Revenge is just yeah, let's make another one of these. There's like weird side scrolling. It's it's a strange game. I want to play. I want to play them too, just for the show because why not? I want to experience more games. It's part of the point of the show. You love Nintendo games. <laughs> you listen to enough of this, episode, enough of the show. I do not at all, but I'm trying to make myself play more because I should because it, it is a huge hole in my gaming history. It's Nintendo because I didn't have one. I started at Super. I was alive. I just. My my dad's like you know bought, wasn't didn't think I got me a super I got a super early on and like he's like you don't need the other one I'm like but there's other games there's Mega Man <laughs> I had a super early <laughs> also we we, we said a little bit earlier uh, watching this like on on TV I'm sitting here watching it and all I can think of is man should really just go download an emulator for MGS three and play that after we're done with this because so you, really, you played three before right yeah I just love three though I haven't played oh, three great ever yeah. 
play. I mean, there's I mean, there's ways to play three. Like, just great. You can play three on modern console. I think you can, you can play, play three console. on Series X if you have the. I'm not sure. I don't know if you can download it because I know there was like a rights issue with like the archive footage. <laughs> Fuck. But if you have the disc, you can just pop it in a Series X and play it. Oh, speaking of archive footage, a uh, fun, interesting fact about this as well. Do you know why this the theme is different in this as opposed to Metal Gear Solid two and three? No, I didn't even notice it. The which is it's like the patriotic theme or whatever. It's it's the main one in two and three that I love to death. Some asshole went up to Kojima and was like, hey, did you know this song is stolen? And he's like, what? And they're like, yeah, the your theme for two and three is based off this old Russian song from from like back in the day. And he showed Kojima a video and he goes, well, I don't want to get in trouble, even though this isn't actually solid proof. So we're going to change the theme. Okay, I can see that because I mean, there's always so much stuff that goes along with, you know, rights, rights, especially comes to music. So, yeah, that's why I always cut out music or if someone was to play a, a, a Batman soundtrack, like, you know, example in an episode, I have to go and cut it out a little bit so it doesn't sound the same, you know, just in case it, it was Superman. I was Superman. Oh, well, either way, it, it doesn't sound like it did now. <laughs> I just sort of just. So, but yeah, I mean, it's just that's just one of those things you have to be so it, it's so much protected, you know. There's just so many rights with that type of stuff. Yeah. All right, and then I think Act Two is definitely more gameplay for sure, unless I mean, there's still tons of movies, but you actually get to do stuff, and you and you always have the the scene that every game had to have in this time. You have your on rail scene where you're in a, in front of a turret, except you can get off the turret and fight people that climb on your truck. But still, <laughs> it's kind of on rails. That was a pain in the butt for me because I was doing non-lethal. Oh, well, it's not hard in this because, like, Act 3, you're not doing anything. And, you and Act 1, you're just, like, moving through the streets. And if you can easily walk around people. Yeah. But then in the turret section, because you have to fight these things called geckos, which are, like, they introduced them in Act 1, but they're just, like, the tops of Metal Gears with weird legs and they jump around. And... Yeah, and those are get mixed in with people. So, like, I w- I accidentally like killed a few people, and it threw off my whole non-lethal run, which was I hated that. <laughs> I can see that. I didn't go for non-lethal, of course, but I can definitely see that. I am depressed now. I should not have opened my phone. Yeah, we. Yeah, yeah I know what you're talking about. <laughs> what What am I talking about? <laughs> Power Ranger. Yeah, that that was my favorite one. I just got a picture with him this year. Yeah, he just for those. I mean, people hear this a week later already be out. But at the day we're recording this, 1120 just came out that Jason David Frank died. So that is real. I I guess so. so. It's all I know a lot of people were talking about it and people were like, I think every other week there's like a Jason David Frank is possibly dead thing. And then he has to retract it. So it is. um, It hasn't been confirmed yet, but it looks like it's legit. So, yeah, Yeah. it looks like it because the official Power Rangers Twitter posted something. So we'll. Yeah, we'll we'll know later. By the time you hear this, you'll know if it's real or not. But it looks like it's pretty real. So, but yeah. Dang, rough couple of weeks. I know. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> Fucking a. Anyways, <laughs> we we skipped over uh, a little bit over my favorite part, which we talked about a little earlier. I I also super like the introduction of the beauty beasts. What is it? Uh, that I remember that being the big E three trailer whenever it came out, and just being oh. like, because I'm I'm a, I'm a little bit younger than you guys, so I was like maybe fifteen. And just seeing that and being like, my God, this is the most goddamn terrifying thing I've ever seen in my entire life. I should look this up now that you're mentioning it. I got what? The the trailer. Yeah, uh, I, I remember I remember 
most of the E3 trailers. That was really, I've always been really into Metal Gear. Uh, the E3 trailer consisted of, it's just that cutscene of the of the Beauty Beast showing up. It just starts off with, you know, that, and then it cuts off whenever uh, Screaming Mantis does her bow and then leave, and that's just the whole trailer. Okay. Uh, yeah, and it, it was really good, and it was back when people were really excited for this game, and still were. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and is it is it South America when you first see Raiden, I think? Or is it yeah, in it, Middle it's East? Act, it's Act 2. Okay. Because I'm looking at stuff and I didn't realize like it looked it looks like the South America stuff when you first see Raiden. I couldn't even tell if it was South America or the Middle East because it looks the same. I know because I have in my notes Raiden breakdances dumb overcompensating. Okay, yeah, no, I mean <laughs> that is, I mean because that yeah in South America you get introduced to Raiden when you think you're trying to escape because he's getting fight by geckos and then he fucking just goes crazy and just fucks. Up everything with swords and looks like a badass ninja. I mean, yeah, it's weird, but I, I do really like him in this. Yeah, th- this people people were mad because they didn't like Raiden and Kojima one upped everyone. I fucking love this Raiden scene. This this is why in my will it says if if I go into a coma, you're allowed to turn me into a cyborg ninja. That is specifically what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> it's just so cool, like to see to see him again. I mean. And you also have Vamp again. I mean, again, this game feels like such a, you know, we got to wrap up the series and it, it does a good job of that. Like you, you have Raiden fighting Vamp and he, and Vamp is just dodging him. Also, I think I said this before, but I'm going to say it here. I got to meet Phil Lamar uh, not too long ago, like a week, week before this recording. Super nice guy. Super cool guy. I, I got to say that. Like I, I went up to him and I, I had him sign a Green Lantern pop, Funko Pop that I had of Jon Stewart. And I was like, yeah, I would have had you sign something, you know, Metal Gear, you know, Vamp, but not. he's like, yeah, there's not as much, uh, you know, merchandise. I'm like, no, there's not. And then he went and did a Vamp, and I said, oh, I just got done playing Metal Gear Solid 4. And then he he did a he did a, a line from as Vamp from from Metal Gear Solid 4. I'm assuming I didn't recognize it, but I didn't. I was like, yeah, like, cool. You know, I didn't want to sound, but I yeah, it was just really it was just cool. And he, by the way, that guy has all the fucking voices that he done. He has like stuff from it in his head because. Other people would say, oh, I saw you in this or this. And he'll just start. He'll go into that character. Super cool guy. That's my. So I'm to trying to that. think of the most recent example of something, because this is something that I really that kind of drives me crazy. And there was something recently where I thought about Metal Gear and now it's really bugging me that I can't. So they made Metal Gear Solid 2 and he made Raiden. And I think Raiden got a lot of undue heat because I thought he was cool in 2. Yeah, I like, uh, I like It was just too. like, I guess everyone wanted Snake. And I thought he was cool and had an interesting story. And then Metal Gear Solid 3, it was like, oh, see, I also don't like him. And it's like, but you made him. <laughs> like, you can't, you're not in on the joke. You're not part of the Turbo team. Like, you walk <laughs> You walk normal, like, because you had Rykov where it's like, he's not a real man and all this stuff. And then this one, it's like, okay, now we just have to overcompensate and make him, like, swing two five-ton things by his legs while he's breakdancing with, like, swords in his mouth and his toes, like he's Bayonetta or something. I don't know. I think I liked it when I was... This came out, what, 14 years ago? I was probably in my 20s, but now I'm like approaching 40, and I'm just like, oh, okay, can we just like move it along a little? <laughs> oh, oh, no, I'm I'm fan of the full edge lord. I And then uh, I want to go a little bit into this. Everyone has story plot points in this. In Metal Gear original, Metal Gear Solid, 
is it's confirmed that you learn from Roy Campbell that he's not actually Meryl's uncle. She's his he's his dad. He's her dad, right? I think that's in the you let her die ending. Okay. Oh, I didn't I've never gotten that because I, I can't let her die when I play. I thought he tells you so she won't die. I don't remember. I, I was so, I was shocked when it came in this game because I did not remember. And I played Metal Gear Solid One Twin Snakes not that for the show not that long ago. Well, maybe a year I or two, think but. it's I think that's okay. Yeah, because I don't do it very often. I think I did it back in the day just to get the tuxedo suit. But I think that's what it went in the scene where you where you submit to the torture. I think that's where he tells you. Okay, so we end up learning there's more drama with this. Meryl's mad at her uncle daddy. Because he is married to a woman who is the same age as her, to which it is revealed that it is Rose. And Rose was actually real at the end of MGS2, because in MGS2, they left that as kind of a weird cliffhanger where, was Rose real? Was she actually an AI? Snake walks away before Rose shows up, so you're not really sure if Raiden's actually seeing all this, or he actually is going insane. And she loses the baby, and she decides to marry Roy Campbell. And Raiden, being the emo kid that he is with white hair, decides to fully become 99% cyborg robot. And I say 99% (laughs) because he still has his sweet, puffy white hair and his brain and his like half his face because the jaw down isn't doesn't exist. Yeah, he's fucking weird the way they do him in this and like (laughs) everything with this like my God, like. And that fight where he just fucking like he stabs through himself and he's bleeding white blood everywhere. It's like, okay, he don't give a fuck. <laughs> I mean, he he doesn't lose his, he loses his arm, but I think that's later, right? Yeah, that's later. Yeah, he gets fucked up in this game though. Like they just mess him up. We we also get the worst retcon where it's revealed that Naomi actually did give Vamp uh, nano machines, and that's the reason why he's immortal. But that doesn't explain why you can throw knives at your shadow in NGS2 and stop you from moving. But, you know, I guess I can go fuck myself with that as well. Well, Metal Gear Solid 2, it was all it was all it wasn't real. So that's why it's all computer simulation. I, yes. I mean, because you think about it, Metal Gear Solid 2, none of it is real up to a certain point. Oh, uh, yeah, I guess. So that that could be part of it. But also just he was making a video game and not making a movie at that time. So <laughs> I liked the nano machine part. I like the idea that that's why Vamp can't die is because he's. Job with nanomachines and same thing. I mean, I think they do a good job of wrapping it up in this and having the fact that Naomi also has nanomachines in her, too. See, I just in watching this, it's because you, you're, you're <laughs> expecting all these things and everything. The nanomachines essentially become a deus ex machina where everything is just like this is like almost the craziest segue but in the most recent Fast and the Furious movies, like they have a character named Mr. Nobody played by Kurt Russell, and he is the nano machines of the Fast and the Furious movies because everything goes back to this one guy. It's like, oh, he saved this guy. He did this. And everything is just, oh, the nano machines did this. Like, what are the rules of nano machines? Really like, you're so, like, it's frustrating. Also, speaking of frustrating, when no- Naomi shows up, I had to make a note. Why is she not wearing a bra? <laughs> <laughs> and also, why does she rip her her leg her tights and then she can walk better and take off take off her shoes? I understand that part, but I don't know. It's just weird. Oh, the the dress is constricting. That's like a normal woman trope where oh, if you yeah. wear like a sexy dress, it's meant to constrict your legs. I don't know why they would wear them, but <laughs> I, I don't know anything about that. But okay, <laughs> that that makes sense. I mean, I just thought it was just. I mean, Kojima's kind of a oh, a you know pervert, so. But it's also Japan culture is different, so kind it's, of okay, maybe not kind. He is. How about that? I mean, <laughs> look, 
you you can completely tell me Kojima is a pervert, but you can also not tell me that this man is bisexual because my God, I swear oh. there's a there's a photo with him with Mad Milkinson and like it's cut from like the chest up, but I swear it looks like they're making out. Like they're way too close to not it not be them like kissing in that picture. Does you he not like, convince? Is he like that, or is he just love with Hollywood and main actors so much that it doesn't really matter? <laughs> that that's also probably true too. But <laughs> oh no, I I com- you say that too. And there there was a, a a post that I saw on Twitter a while back where it's a gif of Snake being electrocuted, and someone was like, "You will not believe what picture he is responding to." And he put that as a response to a picture of Rahul Kahili, I believe his name is. Rahuli. Yeah. And it's a he posted pictures of him shirtless, like two or three pictures of him shirtless. And Kojima had a response of Snake being electrocuted and just like, I don't know what this means. He's weird. Okay. He, yeah, he's a strange. But okay. I, mean, it, it, <laughs> I don't, it just worked. I didn't even think much about it, but you are right. That's kind of a. And then we, I mean, again, I think it's just sex sells too. So let's, you know, <laughs> let's make our characters hot as hell. So, and that's Fire what's game. interesting because it happens later on because you have they introduce Johnny Sasaki, who throughout the series is kind of like a joke. It's always a guy. And I'm going to tell you something take care of your stomach, people, because someone is approaching 40. The most relatable character in this guy is this guy who has random onset stomach cramps. I feel <laughs> your pain, pal. But then that's all undermined by the fact that he's trying to grope every single female character that he sees and he gets the girl and it's I hate it. I absolutely hate it. Wait, does he grope? <laughs> he's reaching for everyone. I think it's like during one of the mission briefings where like Meryl just like smacks his hand because he's trying to like grab someone. <laughs> I, need, I have the video on. I'm trying, I don't need to look for that. I know what you're talking, what you're talking about. They're like, the I world don't. is ending. I mean, nanomachines are doing the nanomachines thing with the nanomachines. And he's just like, oh, here's a butt. And she's like, oh, come on, man. And it's just like, no, you cancel that guy. Kick him out the unit. <laughs> is, is he reaching for her butt? Because someone. He's in love with her, remember? So. I don't know. Hey, remember, I know cute th- and creepy aren't that far off. It just depends on the person that you're, what the person thinks of you. That's all. I know there's a there's a joke that the reason why uh what the, what the hell is her name the girl from the first one Mei Ling yes I think there's a codec call you can get which you also miss a lot of story if you only get the codec calls oh yeah where it turns out the only reason why she's like head of like a boat is because some general thought she was really really cute yep so that, they, is that in there yeah it's in there okay <laughs> there's a lot of like I mean. We should talk about the Beauty and the Beast a little bit. I mean, that's kind of the same idea. Like, you're fighting four beautiful women that have been tainted by war. And that's why they're all, like, Laughing Octopus, for example, is a fucking psycho-ass, psychopath boss fight type of thing. Like, she's fucking insane. Like, the way, I mean, the way it feels like, because she, well, one, laughing in bad situations like that, you know, really does help push the you're crazy type mentality. I mean, like when you see her at one point, she transforms her face to snake and then kills people and says, remember this face. But she's killing people as snake. Like on the first time you see her, it's really fucking weird. She's all fucking weird. I mean, Blair's right, though. Not much of a fight because you just run around a cabin and she tries to camouflage. and You just shoot things. And if you put on the if you put on the night vision goggles or you just see exactly where she is and you just shoot her. It's really simple. But something I do like because I was trying to do non-lethal and I thought you had to when they're in the armor. I thought you had to use a trank gun on the armor. But I'm pretty sure, and I could be wrong, that all you have to do is trank them when they're in the 
when the armor falls off. But you can still use your regular armaments. Yeah. And because after this is we introduce them in Act 2, and I don't think we talked about the character of Drebin, who after every one of these people is like the lore dump character who like just comes in like the deus ex machina nanomachines like at the exact right time and there's reasons for that and just like dumps lore upon lore and yeah carrie payton great actor but uh, not really given a lot of good material to work with here <laughs> yeah i 100 percent believe that kojimi is one of chris tucker in his game because he has that look from fifth element yeah he does kind of look like oh and the, the fight like and also like with the like laughing octopus for example when you beat her in the armor like she's fucking and they comes out I mean, all of them come after you after you beat them. That's also weird too. you have to just kill them when they're out of their armor. Like it's just strange, but they're memorable. I think laughing octopus is kind of a memorable fight. You have weird. an I you have an iPod in this game, right? Yes. Yes. OK, because if you there, there's like a weird moment where if you take too long fighting the beauties in their unarmored form, you go to like a white room and it's I guess it's a way of showing that you're running out of time because I, I guess... remember this and I forgot how to trigger it where you basically go into a thing where they start posing. Yeah, you they, they start posing you. I think you have to start playing a certain song on the iPod and it's like a weird like J-pop song and they'll even start dancing and stuff, too. It's weird. They never get the <laughs> license to cherry pie by warrant. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Well, it's also that Kojima, we talk about money because a lot of money was thrown at this game. Kojima paid like a whole bunch of money to get like really, really beautiful models to be in this game. I mean, they they are. So, <laughs> I mean, Is the it? Beauty and the Beast, I mean, those are very, very pretty women. Like, just... I wasn't sure if I made a note. Why did I think that Deborah Wilson was the fourth one? Oh, I got nothing. I mean, all four beautiful women, though. Like, I mean, so, I mean, again, it's just what it's just. I feel like it, it's a lot of it is to kind of just show you the, what war did to these people. Like it trans. I mean, the, 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 the subplot or the, the background that Drebin gives you after you kill him. I mean, I, I didn't skip it because I was trying to get the full experience. You could easily skip it. You don't need it. It's just there if you want it. But God, they go some fucked up stuff. Yeah, that, yeah, they're all pretty bad. I mean, the one, the last, I think it's the third one, the Raven one where she's in a basement with dead people and eating bodies because she needs to survive. Like, what the no, that, fuck? That's the last one. That's uh, okay. Mantis, yeah. That makes sense why she went nuts. Like I yeah. go nuts too because she I, also, I believe she saw the the dead, the people she ate. She saw their spirits and was like freaked out. Okay, I mean eating. From my understanding, consuming human flesh has an effect on you. I think too mentally and physically. Mm-hmm. The book Eli was right. When you eat human flesh, you start shaking. But I don't know if that's true. <laughs> uh, there's also a a joke. Uh, was it West? Not the Westworld. The one with on the train, the ice train with Chris Evans. No, no piercer. Yeah. yeah, there's a really funny scene of Chris Evans crying because he knows what baby tastes like. I thought that's pretty funny. I mean, you know, you look at history, it happens. I mean, you people are starving, like you're going to eat people like, you know, you need we need you need to eat something. You're going to you're going to we're we're programmed to survive. So oh, Whether you uh, want to or not. We a lot of us, you know, instinct in there is to survive. Blair, you didn't like Drepin. How do you feel about his monkey in the leather diaper? Yeah, it was a bit much. <laughs> and uh it's funny i guess did either of you ever watch clone high yes no. okay because you were talking about eating the babies and i was thinking of a with the baby in the sandwich <laughs> yeah. i love that show dude i'm so glad it's coming back <laughs> no that stuff with the monkey and drebin is just weird too and, and like <laughs> i like how he's addicted to, to soda pop though i think that's hilarious because I, I i can understand i've quit pop again and that that's a fucking addiction so i get it 
<laughs> and God, do I miss it. I always joke with my wife. I'm never given a prognosis where they're like, you're going to die in a month. I'm going to buy all the fucking pop I can and just drink to my death. So that's you my think that's bad. I got a free soda machine at my job. So I'm try- I try to limit myself to like one a day. But oh, I've been there. I yeah. worked at a Burger King at one point. I I've drank so I I love pop more than any like that. That's my addiction. Like, yeah, but no, I get it. <laughs> it's fucking hard, especially when it's free. <laughs> if I remember when I worked at Burger King, ooh, I drank a lot of pop there. Ooh, I also ate a lot of free food too. Wasn't supposed to, but we were gonna throw it away, so we eat it. That's another thing. But yeah, no, I mean that that I completely get that. And I was like, yeah, that that because I've been now twenty days pop free, and that that's it's yeah. <laughs> I walk around, I'm like, man, I miss it. But addiction, addiction's bad. So yes, <laughs> speaking of that, like I think the South America stuff is pretty interesting. I liked it. I like like just the weird some of the weird shit that happens where the soldiers all go nuts at one point because. He activates the nano machines, and then you have you fight a lot of geckos. You have some cool moments, and I think it's a it's a good part of the game. You also get more game, and then that then you find out that then you you're looking for Big Boss's body because that's what Ocelot is looking for. Raiden tells you he knows where Big Mama is at. Big Mama has the I fucking hate that code name by the way, and that she has the body Big Boss, which you thought was destroyed because you you know burned him to death. But surprise, so. I think it's weird that it's Big Mama. I believe that's supposed to be some kind of form of retcon because they always thought they were just clones in a test tube, but they ended up popping out of her. Another interesting detail that you can also see, too, is that they have Big Boss's body and he shakes in a jello mold. But if you look real, real, real closely, you can tell that his left eye is missing. And if you know your dumb Metal Gear lore, that's not the eye that's missing from Big Boss. Oh, okay. So it's like the part in the Spider-Man animated series where they knew it was a chameleon because J. Jonah Jameson mirrored Nick Fury's thing and his eye patch was on the wrong eye. <laughs> that was a deep cut joke. Good. Deep cut. <laughs> <laughs> and then you bring to Blair's favorite chapter. Blair, do you want to talk about this chapter? That you oh enjoyed boy, so much? do I want to talk about Act 3. Boy, when you were talking about gameplay in the last chapter, I absolutely hated Act 3 so much. Uh, my first note that I put was boring, slow, empty streets, and Kojima loves Blade Runner because it's just a brown sepia thing with a guy in a trench coat, and you can put on your Harrison Ford face. And I'm just like, guy, oh, man, does this guy like Blade Runner? Like, I guess if he could have got the Atari lights, there would have been that there. I've never um, seen Blade Runner. And what was really annoying is because when I think about this, the whole thing is you're in London and you have to follow someone to big mama's <laughs> big mama's base with the new Martin Lawrence film. <laughs> and it's a cool idea. However, you have to tail someone, but there's only one, two people on the streets, the person that you're tailing and you and army guys. And this is right after. So Assassin's Creed one came out in 2007 and I mean, given the development time, there wouldn't have been enough time to kind of implement that. This is so primitive compared to that, because that game does social stealth, even in the first one really well, where you have to like hide in a crowd. Because when you eventually get to the base, the guy's like, how did this guy follow me? It's like, I don't know. There's only one person on the street. How do you think he found you? And then you lose like I kept losing them and then you'd have to find them. And then like a car would drive by. And I just wanted it to be over. And uh, yeah. So anyone else want to talk about Act 3? 
you hit it. I mean, it's just you wander around the streets and follow a guy, and it's just weird. And it takes so long to get to the end. Yes, it's too long. And it would be okay again if you can like, okay, they're about to see you. There's a bunch of people. I'm going to go hide in them or something. But it's just like get in your barrel or get behind the car and you're oblivious. It, it's it's not good. It's also too long. You can lose him too a few times. And there's also one part where I kept messing up where you have to uh, walk up to him. And you have well, yeah, not walk up to him. He, he changed his clothes into a guard and you have to wait and let him go. And I kept walking in there and shooting him or. I killed him a couple times, and I'm like, oh, I'm not supposed to do this? Okay. Because I thought it was a guard, and I thought, oh, he went in there. I'm going to go follow him. Nope. You're not supposed to. It's just it's just, it's just, way too much of, of wandering. I, I didn't like it, and it wasn't my thing. It's just, it's just not a really good part. And it's too long, and it's too slow. And I also hated the boss fight with Raging Raven because it took way too long. <laughs> and like, just... Because this is a thing was like I was on this rooftop and I must have bought like five different types of missile launchers just trying to hit them. And then like I would run out of rations and I have to do it again. And I just wanted it to be over as I already didn't. I, I didn't like I feel ever since Metal Gear Solid one with Dead Cell and the Cobra unit, everyone, they, they kept trying to replicate that those awesome Foxhound boss size frights from the first one. Even this one, all of them have an analog. Like you have an octopus, a wolf, a raven, and a mantis. And they kind of blink up. And this is just like you're just in this bell tower just trying to hit them. And it really reminded me of like the octopus flight where you're just in this like boring office building. I did make a note. I did not realize that Lee Merriweather was Big Mama. Oh. I don't know. I just found that weird that they connected everything with Ava too. And you're right. The the raging raven fight is is annoying because you can't hit her that well, and it, it's not. I didn't like it either. And I think this is the point too, where I thought that it ventured from the narrative of Metal Gear Solid into someone's fan fiction of Metal Gear Solid, because everyone from Metal Gear is now a person, like paramedic. The random person from your codec <laughs> is one of the Patriots, like. The DARPA chief from the first Metal Gear was Sigint. Like, it, yeah. it just gets a bit fan fiction-y. Like, someone's like, oh, what if this guy was this guy? And it's, I guess it's cool that it links. And I probably thought that back then. But now, when I'm doing it, I'm just like, eh, this is a bit much. That, like, it just, we're kind of in the post-sequel trilogy world where it's like, I don't know, we meant to do this all along. It's like, no, you just kind of fit it in here. <laughs> Because it's like, oh, everything connects. It's rhymes. It's like poetry. Like it felt hackneyed. Oh, Blair, I'm sorry to cut you off, but I, we've been recording you for over an hour. We better get up and stretch our legs and have a smoke break, right? <laughs> loading screen, tell us. Yeah, this is this is part where the podcast just is silence for three half half an hour. <laughs> we load the next chapter, and you just have screens of a, you just have us just smoking on the screen <laughs> while you watch a little bar. You know, install it to your to your PS3. And tells you, you should get out and stretch. Don't play games for too long. Yeah, don't tell me what to do, Konami. I'll play God of War Ragnarok till 1.30 in the morning if I feel like it. <laughs> and then regret it because you're 40? Yeah, pushing that. I was like, regret <laughs> feeling it today. <laughs> no, yeah. I know what you mean. I, I I was up late last night. I had to go pick up my wife because she went out with her friends. And I'm like, and I'm like uh, I didn't want to get up this morning and record. Ugh, went out with friends? What's that like? Jeez. I, mean, I didn't. I had I worked till 9 p.m. Well, work was mostly just sit there and wait for phones to happen while I did other stuff. And then, <laughs> and then I'm like, oh, I better go 
pick up my wife at a random bar. So it was pretty funny. I can't remember. I wrote a note that there is a weird jab against video game violence in this chapter, and I can't remember the context and what it was in, and I wish I wrote it down. I know what it is. What? Yeah. So Big Mama's, I keep hate saying that. It's really starting to sound weird when you say it more. Big Mama's army is a bunch of children, uh, child soldiers. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the way they became that way is that they were trained on video games to be soldiers and then after they got really good at them they were plucked as children to go fight in wars yeah hey, you remember that game that's real college. called america's army for free on pc yeah <laughs> mm. or full spectrum warrior i think was that the one that was like an yeah. army simulator they eventually released yeah because i played gears of war and other things and i push a button to reload a gun so ergo i know how to work a gun yeah there there's a funny enough an anime, if anyone's familiar, if any of y'all are familiar with it, called Sword Art Online, where yes. the first the first season is if you die in the game, you die in real life, whatever, blah, blah, blah. I thought someone told me was joking in the third season, the second half, is the Japanese military wants to, ki- wants to kidnap all the people who were in the first Sword Art season and put them back into VR to control robots for the military. And apparently Japan and America are arguing who gets the kids, and it's just really fucking silly, and it reminded me of this. That oh. sounds realistic, to be honest. I was thinking of the Clerks cartoon because Randall is playing a game where he has to like push pyramids or blocks to build a pyramid, and then they recruit him, and he thinks it's going to be the last Starfighter. But instead, he becomes a slave who has to build pyramids by pushing blocks because he was really good at it in this video game, which I thought was really funny. <laughs> okay, oh, it's just Act Three is just so bad. I don't know. I mean, it. it just such a contrast to of, of the game where you're just not doing anything and you're just running. I mean, you're 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 playing the game and you're not actually doing anything. You're just avoiding people and it's just weird. I'd uh I'd also like to piggyback off of what Blair said. There's things in this game that talking about how it feels like fan fiction that also don't make fucking sense because you find out that paramedic. I, and I think did did poops come out before this portable ops. Poops. I was like, yeah, what? it was uh, that was 2006. Yeah. Okay, because that game apparently explains that paramedic went fucking insane and just started experimenting on people, and it's brought up in this as well. And I, and then later on, you find out whatever's going on with Zero, but we'll save that for the end of, of this. Okay. Of this, but like, it's just weird hearing that. Like, oh yeah, they all just went fucking crazy. It's like, you mean the guys that helped me in the third game? I really like them though. The guys I barely interacted with because I never <laughs> reached out to them because I was like, I don't want to talk to you guys. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. But they, I, I need to play Portable Ops one day because I feel like I'm missing out by the fact that I never played it. Uh, uh, you're not much. It's You can just watch the cutscenes. It's a game. It's it's weird because Portable Ops led the Peace Walker, which led to five. It's yes. very much like small bite-sized areas where you're kidnapping guys with balloons <laughs> or throwing them I, into trucks and i have then, a copy of it actually to the left of me like i have the actual game i bought it when i got my psp but i just oh, never got around the to last it. last thing you want to do is play that on a psp well, i won't 2006 be. i remember my hand being in a claw trying to I, do things in that i'll be game. playing this on a steam deck when i do most so or pc probably pc just because i don't know if my steam deck i can get psp to run easily but <laughs> i guess i need another thing what is it? I do highly. You said about 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 portable ops. I do highly recommend playing Peace Walker before five because I did not play Peace Walker. I straight up went into five with no knowledge of Peace Walker. Oh yeah, and I had no idea what the fuck was going. Yeah, on. no. I, I Peace Walker is 
you part can't of the go main... into ground zeros without having played Peace Walker. I knew some of it, but I, I didn't play the whole thing. I, I was kind of going off like a basis, but still, even with that, I was like, I had no idea what the fuck yeah, was going can, on. That like some like by the time we ever get around to Metal Gear Solid Five of the show, we will have to have played Peace Walker. I, I won't because I need to experience all. I need to experience the rest of Big Boss's story before I can mess around with that because that's all his whole whatever the hell he's doing that leads into it. Be prepared for Monster Hunter Metal Gear. That's all I'm saying. So oh, excited I, I, for that. You mean in, in Peace Walker? Oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. I, I know uh, a lot about Peace Walker. I just never, I played a bunch of it and I just got stuck or I just quit playing. I don't remember what happened, but I just quit and then I never went back. And it's on my list of, of games I need to go back and play one day. Peace Walker, Wayne's that big boss invented Axe Body Spray, Doritos, and Monster Energy. And it also explains that the reason a uh, big boss has a huge uh, penis because of radiation. Okay. <laughs> he bitten by a radioactive penis or something? No, in, in, in Metal Gear 3, whenever like the boss shoots that nuke and snakes like 30 feet away or 30 miles away. Oh, yeah, that would that would affect you. You're close enough that I mean radiation is fucking powerful, so. Yeah, he was close enough not to get killed but not to be affected by it. That's why he can't have kids. That makes sense. Yeah, he has kids, but okay. they are clones, so. They're clones. I guess that doesn't count. All right. And then, so, and then the London chapter ends, or you end up leaving. You fight Raven. I think Ava, Ava dies, right? Or something. Yes. Oh, yeah. I can't believe I never made a note out out of this. This is where you see an, a seventy year old buff old man on a submarine with finger guns saying "bang bang" and people are dying. Oh yeah. Okay. This part made no sense to me when this started because I wasn't. I think I stopped paying attention for a, a couple sec or a minute or something. I just got distracted by my phone. Oh, yeah, and all of a sudden, a Twitter game. <laughs> I'm like, what the fuck is happening? What's Twitter? That, that existed. Oh, true. Yeah. <laughs> dating this podcast. I, no, I, I'm, I still wonder what's going to I wonder what's happening with that. I wonder if it's still going to be around in a year. I know some people think it's all part of a game that he's up to to get publicity that none of it's real. But I, I heard that it's because he um, apparently he's in hot. He's in hot water with uh, the government, which is funny because that's what this game's about. But that. That space thing that he does where he launched Internet into space and he gives it to free countries. Apparently he doesn't he he told the United States government and the UK government, oh, I can't afford it anymore. So you guys need to start paying me to have your Internet run or you're not going to have Internet anymore. And I think the United States Pentagon is actually going to end up suing him. And people are thinking that he bought Twitter to sell it for more later on so that he would end up giving that money to the government. I mean, it, it, it's weird. Everything is just so weird that's going on right now with that. But well, but yeah, it's all the Patriots. <laughs> uh, hey, that works. That actually works with this. So I will take it. All right, and then after, and then yeah, that whole part was all strange as hell with 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 Ocelot. I wasn't. I was so confused what the hell was going on. And then you get to my opinion, the best chapter of this game, which is a love letter to everyone who's played this game previously. It really was say it's the possibly well best part of this game and probably one of the best things that have ever been in a Metal Gear Solid game and something that I wish more games would steal but because I think so you go back to Shadow Moses and you're wandering through Shadow Moses and you hear echoes of like the old codec conversations and you see this like beautiful recreation of this area and I think there's something I love and it's like there's an old camera and it falls down and it's like, oh, it's like a metaphor because the camera is 
evolved and it's dead now. Here is the new camera angle. You're not just looking overhead. But we did the Arkham Knight episode earlier this year, and I was hoping that Batman Arkham Knight would end in a similar way with this, where you're going through Arkham Asylum and you hear all of the kind of like weird dialogue as you go into it. Like, I I always wish that more people would copy this. Like, it's okay to copy this because it's awesome. (laughs) Dead Space 2 does it. Yes, and that's also great. Yeah, that's a great scene. I love that fucking part of the game. Because that's a great game. And then I have we actually talked about what the fuck Ocelot's plan is this whole fucking time? Like at all? <laughs> and what Not really. Is? I don't even know what it is. So yeah, I'm, I'm in the same boat as him. His. Oh, I can't believe I actually pay attention because you actually played the game. So his pl- <laughs> his plan is, is that there is a AI that is circling uh, America and that the AI is what controls our government, military, bank system and some other fourth thing. <laughs> and his idea is that he wants to go get Metal Gear Ray, which I believe Rex is a superior one, but whatever. And he wants to get the railgun off of it and use it to launch a nuke at JD, which is John Doe, which is the main AI. And he wants to basically wipe it to where everyone goes back to zero. And he ends up having his own haven where all his stuff still works. And that if people want to get with the times and stay okay, they have to go to his own personal haven. Okay. Yeah, I'm do assuming. it as if you're Ace Ventura and you have to suck in all the air and do it in one breath. <laughs> <laughs> what? That's it's the a... weird part, is that this game is a lot of just explaining about what you're doing and then going to go do it and then talking while you're doing it. Yeah, for someone who loves movies, the storytelling in this game is so clumsy. And I think we're in that era where it was still passable, but we're also getting into the era of like Half-Life 2 and Uncharted, where everything was a lot more elegantly done. And this is just, like I said at points, fan fiction. But the Shadow Moses thing is great. I love the Beauty and the Beast fight with uh, Crying Wolf. Probably my favorite in the game, where you're just in the snowfield between the two towers. Oh, okay. <laughs> The, the radio towers from Metal Gear Solid 1 that you had to rappel down and you kind of have to like track them. I think the sniper battles in the Metal Gear games are some of the best. Like whether it's the end or Sniper Wolf. Yes, and it is Deborah Wilson from Mad TV is the skeleton for Crying Wolf. We also forgot since we've gotten the Crying Wolf part a little bit before and we haven't talked about him at all. My favorite character that my cousin, who I love very much, has me as a goddamn profile picture in her phone Otacon story in this game. <laughs> it's it's very mean. It's very everyone's mean to Otacon, and I hate it. And I love him so much. I had a note here because in they tease of like Naomi is suddenly into him, but she's probably why she threw out her bra. And it has contrived drama when because because she dies, and I feel like her death was unnecessary. Especially you can like it was completely unnecessary. It's just for drama. Like Hal Emmerich has been through so much in this series and he doesn't really get a happy ending. Like, I guess he gets sunny, but even Sonny's like, I want to go be a kid and not be on this plane. Which makes sense. Because like his sister died, Sniper Wolf died. And now it's just like, OK, if he has to be with someone, why not have them together? Like, let this guy have his moment. Instead, they just have a stupid contrived thing where like, oh, I have to do the nanomachines thing with the nanomachines or else the nanomachines will take over the nanomachines, nanomachines. 
and she i can't even remember how she dies but i remember i was like oh this is so dumb she so dies dumb. because she she apparently had nano machines in her that kept the cancer at bay and after you fight cancer? the whole oh i did not realize that. cancer and after the whole vamp fight she's like why well, shouldn't be alive either and then she takes the nano machines out of her body and kills her and then the cancer acts up and apparently goes in warp speed and kills her quickly it's yeah kind of messed up I'll, I'll go into it a little bit further because we not do play three and he's not in three, but I did one and two on the podcast and I do always feel bad both times for Otacon <laughs> because in one with Sniper Wolf, Sniper Wolf not give a shit about him. Like when he no. when she's dying and he's like, oh, no, Sniper Wolf. She's not even like looking at him. She's like having a, a full long conversation with Snake. Like, who uh, are you? Yeah. <laughs> Her? Two, two gets weird because it's his, it's his sister. It's half sister, half sister, half sister. Yes, yeah. That it's he wanted half- to sleep with, I think, at one point or something. No, he was weird. sleeping with her mom. Yeah, oh, dad dried, drowned in the pool while he was upstairs banging his wife. Yeah, and the way, <laughs> the, the way, the the way they, thank you, Blair. I'm so glad you brought that up because the way they frame it too, it made it look like like they were banging while they're watching Emma in the pool, and they. <laughs> weren't paying attention when Huey rolls himself into the fucking pool. That's <sighs> just fucking... This and series is so fucking weird. The dad should have came back as a Jason type. That would have been a great boss. <laughs> <laughs> but, no, the, the sad part about about uh, Emma's story is just, like, she didn't... She was in love with him in a weird way. It was really weird. But it was it was the fact of that she wanted to... He wanted him to at least acknowledge that she loved him, at least in a familial way. And you have the really weird line, which is my favorite line of she's like, how will you call me Emma one time? And he's like, oh, that's weird. Why would I do that? And then she just dies. It feels bad. <laughs> I I love Autoconda pieces. He's, he's my favorite Metal Gear character because I'm also a huge nerd. And this game still barely shits on him because at least they it, it almost seems like him and Naomi are going to be kind of OK. And then the rest of the game happens. and. He is, he's not even physically there. He's like on the equivalent of an iPhone screaming that while she's dying. It's just so sad. Where do you have anything? Well, Mike's gone. Oh, I didn't. Yeah, the I don't know if I want to get into it while he's gone. <laughs> we, can, the, we can spout something not important while he's gone. <laughs> oh, because I was going to get in. I don't want to get into the the boss fight, which I think is one of the coolest things in this entire game. Mike, when you listen to this, you can just cut this out. <laughs> Ignore it until you come back. <laughs> one note I made, and I can't even remember. I'm pretty sure at one point in an almost Austin Powers-like moment, Mount Rushmore opens up and a rocket fires out of it? No, 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 no. It's not Mount Rushmore. It is... It's it's a Mount Rushmore, but it has all the snakes on it. Right. It's Mount Rushmore, and it's like Big Boss and everyone. I was like, I laughed yeah. so hard. Yeah. This game tries to take itself seriously, and then it has, like, fucking silly moments where Ocelot's like, look at my big ship. And it's, I believe it's Big Boss, him, Solidus, and then Liquid? As I don't think Snake's on it. Yeah, I, I can't remember. Oh, <laughs> my God, it was so dumb. <laughs> it was so, so dumb. <laughs> it's it's pretty funny. <laughs> I don't know where we are, so I, had, I was waiting. It's- we're, we were actually waiting for you to come back. You'll listen to it later. Okay. <laughs> go, go and if it, no, your solid just won't be edited out, I'm pretty sure. So now, what was it. you'll edit a little bit of it out. Trust me. You'll hear oh, it. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, go ahead, Blair. 
Yeah, the so my favorite because you do a vamp boss fight, which I thought I, I forgot what you had to do is you have to wear him down. And then you have to inject him. Oh, oh, my God. I forgot that we haven't mentioned the magic steroid injector in this game. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> and well, I will get into it in Act five because you have to have an EpiPen that is like, don't use it more than once or else you'll really, really do it. And they use it here like it's Senzu beans and Dragon Ball at one point. But you get into Metal Gear Rex and you have to actually control Rex. And it's so great. And then you go outside and yeah. have a kaiju fight with Ray. And normally I hate games where it's very laid into it. And it's like, okay, learn a new set of controls. But I'm totally okay with this. It is so awesome. I love Metal Gear Ray. Uh, I love Rex. And just see him going head to head. Oh, my God. It's so cool. Yeah, this is it's a of- great scene. It really, really was good. Like, I mean, also, it's just, again, it feels such like, fa- you know, fan service and such a wrap up. because. I'm sure there was always that question of which one's better. I, I think Ray's better than Rex. And now you get to prove it. Right? I think it's, it's like one of those things where it's like you fought these things. You've you're you've been down at the bottom. It's like, when do I get the pilot one? And then you finally do. I almost wish that the game ended here. Uh, also, uh, uh, I'm there's so much that happens in Shadow Moses, like the vamp fight. You have you fight Ray's, you fight geckos, you. There's a there's a joke scene like when you're running around Shadow Moses where he's like, OK, insert disc two now. You think, oh, wait, sorry. PS3 is all one disc. <laughs> I love that joke. Like, Ray, amazing. Look how much data fits on a disc. <laughs> it's so funny. Like and everything like going through the hallway where you had to go meet Otacon. And like it's just it as a, when I first played Metal Gear Solid 4 back in 2010, I think it was 2010 or 2012. I can't remember i did not play metal gear solid one i knew it i seen it but i never actually played it so this time when i went through the game i have played metal gear solid one i have played twin sync which you can hear about it in previous episodes and to go back to it now was something else like it hit me in it hit me in the fields in a way that i couldn't i wasn't expecting to like i was like oh the nostalgia was hitting me and i'm just like just so happy and it was great like it was really fucking great one of uh one of the one things that I like really too about the the Metal Gear fight is you can tell what era each of these were made in because Rex is very 90s, very analog. You got radars popping out of the sides and snakes in a big dumb fucking cockpit. And Ray was made in like 2000. And it's all sleek and it has arms and it's got like an Iron Man head up display. So that's that's also my favorite part of this as well. That makes sense. I didn't think about that, but that that does make perfect sense. Oh, it's just I really like I really, really like it. Oh, and then uh, speaking of fourth wall breaking, you have uh, the really dumb scene where Liquid Ocelot gets blown out of the fucking cockpit and he goes, Fox die. And he goes, nope, just kidding. And he walks away like (laughs) like shooting finger bangs at him and (laughs) silly. (laughs) I like I I like that they make that joke, the Fox die joke. And it's God, there's so much shit they do. Oh, and, and I then can't I remember why, because I have the no, because I think Raiden here gets into ridiculous levels because I put Raiden as Goku Superman. <laughs> is it four or five where he doesn't have any arms and he has a sword in his mouth and he's still fighting? This is this one. Oh, it's this one. OK, that's yeah. why I probably have Raiden as Goku Superman because it gets too ridiculous. Mm-hmm. He loses his arms. I forget. I think they get trapped or something. And he just rip, and he just rips them off or cuts them off or something crazy like that. I think they're escaping Shadow Moses and then he's holding up something so Rex can get out or something. I, I think he, 
I think Ray dashes forward and he he's stuck under the rubble. He cuts off one of his arms because he's stuck under the rubble and he gets the other arm blown off, assumingly from trying to stop. I think the Ocelot tanker from trying to get away because his sword's in the ground whenever it washes, whenever uh, Ocelot gets away. So I'm, I guess that's what you're supposed to put together. I don't know. I don't remember exactly. <laughs> I'm I mean, I, played, right I, now. I beat this two weeks ago. So I don't remember. <laughs> well, I have it on in the background right now. Like I said, it's not very shown off very well. I have to take better notes. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I, know, I just love. Oh, and I, I do want to talk about the the beast fight, which I know you're like Blair was mentioned. You can you snipe this fight. I didn't snipe it. I just ran up and tracked her down and shot her and shot her with a right with my machine gun that I only use throughout the entire game. That's what I did. Yeah, I that's something that I really because I think like Resident Evil Five was a year after this and like metal gear solid i hate games where it's like you have five machine guns and like which one's better i'm like this one is a little bit better than that one whereas like metal gear solid one for example it's like you get the missile launcher and it is important and this is like well you have five missile launchers you have one goes over your shoulder one attracts people <laughs> how because something that I, I mean we're in act four so there's a currency in this game that you can use to buy upgrades. How much did you guys engage with that? Because I didn't do it that much. I Not much either. I I would get everything. Like I would go through the trouble and I would purposely kill everybody I saw to get Drebin Point. But I didn't really. I just mainly spent on ammo for my the one gun I used. Oh. Yeah, I think I bought like a few machine guns or just upgraded the heck out of one. Like I have a rifle with a shotgun attachment on the front. Because in this chapter, you have the intro of these enemies and they're like little balls with like legs that kind of roll around. I hated those things. I hated them, too. Yeah, I was trying to shotgun them a bunch, but then my shotgun would have to be reloaded and then they'd jump on me and they're oh, very annoying. A pain in the butt. Mm-hmm. They, they're not fun. I make the game stupid. <laughs> There's stuff like that, though, that just annoys the hell out of me in this game. So it just happens. <laughs> but overall, it, it, it's worth it. No, Shadow Moses, I think it's like the best. This is the best chapter. Oh, and suppose, and I guess because I'm watching a video, there's an Altair skin for, for Snake also in this you can have. Yes. Yeah. Which I'm not surprised. I really need to replay Assassin's Creed, by the way, which is on the show coming up next year. <laughs> but I don't know. I, I think Shadow Moses is just really good. Oh, and, and they go with that fight. Like, it's just, it's, it's a cool fight because it's such a reminiscent of Sniper Wolf as you're trying to hunt her down. I think you're supposed to sniper. I just didn't bother because I was playing on this game on very easy and I didn't have to do anything like that. I could play however the fuck I wanted. So that was nice. <laughs> well, it's very versatile. You can go about it any number of ways. I think I just used, I think I mostly use the um, PSG 1T, which is it's like that and my Trank gun. That's pretty much all I use for this game is I try to play non-lethal and I don't know why. No, you're, I mean, I, I did a little bit. I would, well, Okay, I the way I played this, I was non-lethal until they saw me. Once they saw me, the machine gun came out, and it was no more non-lethal anymore. Everyone's dead. But until oh, then, I just I'm non-lethal. CQ seed fools and threw them to the ground. No, I I would I would trank you, but if you saw me, then the gun comes out, and then everyone's dead, including the guy I trank. So, so I didn't wake him up. <laughs> but yeah, I get yeah, out. That's just how I play Metal Gear, I guess. Oh, but there's some funny. There's some. It was it was good. I I think I think chapter four is the best chapter. Of the game, the whole shadow, everything with Shadow Moses is just so good because it's just a love letter to Metal Gear Solid One. And again, why I really think you need to have played it in order to enjoy this game, you need to have played everything else. I mean, like for the fourth chapter, it's almost like, well, if you haven't played it, you ain't gonna get a lot out of this one. <laughs> no, you are not. 
And then that brings us to the last chapter of this game, which I is the only thing I really I re- vaguely remembered Shadow Moses, but I mostly remembered the ship that you go to in the final chapter because I guess does uh you're trying to stop Ocelot because Ocelot's trying to destroy JD the satellite, and so you're going to his giant boat that he has. And Naomi, get, get, it's when Naomi comes into the and joins you, she gives you a virus. I think that will help you infect JD or help you infect the Ocelot ship. Correct? If I remember correctly. That's what's going on. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Emma's virus and two didn't exactly do the trick. Okay. We also get one of my favorite cutscenes of all time, which is uh, you have them talking about what the plan is and how Ocelot's boat works. And everyone's paying attention. And then you have Snake in the background who looks like he's fucking like on life support. Because <laughs> he, he has like an oxygen tank and he's like punched over and is like barely alive. Burned. Burned. Well, he gets his face burned in I think end of three. Yeah. That's nah, fucking. I also think the most gameplay is probably episode four, too. Now that I'm looking at it. I, I'm normally one who keeps the uh, who tries to keep things in game as much as possible. But after act three i kept putting on the young snake face camo just to have that model <laughs> that's fair it's a cool model and it, uh, it, it's the it's a good model so I, I i get it completely i believe we have the rehashing of the introduction to screaming mantis where meryl almost shoots itself in the head yeah that, that that's very, yeah during this chapter when you, you get to her fight finally this is also the most metal gear callbacks back to back to back to back <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you get so many. I mean, that Mantis fight, I think, is pretty cool, too, though. That was, I I didn't care. for. I, I had trouble with that one, and I can't remember why. I just spent it a pain in the butt, and I was glad that I was finally done with the stupid Beauty and the Beast Squadron, because I just wrote, they are the worst. <laughs> <laughs> but you get a gun that shoots tornadoes. You do? What? <laughs> yeah, the, you, you shoot off one of the dolls, and you pick it up, and it shoots tornadoes. You can shoot it back at... Streaming Mantis. Oh, I must have missed that. That would have made that a lot easier. Yeah, that's probably why you you uh, had a hard time with the boss, because I think it's supposed to elude. That's what we were supposed to do. And then when you run up and go pick it up, you have like a marionette fight with Screaming Mantis. Yeah, it's a cool fight, though. <laughs> I don't know. I, I found because I actually I'd look up what to do. because I didn't know what to do. And I was like, you got to shoot the doll. And then that's how you hurt her. Because at first I was just shooting the random things that are after me. I'm like, this makes no sense. I mean, what the hell is going on? I tried to change the controller ports. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, okay, that the end of that fight, though, like, okay, the Meryl stuff is a great callback, and the end of that fight, when Psych- Psycho Mantis shows up, I'm like, oh, I'm like, oh, fuck, I gotta fight again, and he's just there to, like, just there for no reason, just kind of like, I can see that you, I can't check your port. You're not using a memory card. Like, I'm like, this is hilarious. This is great. I love all the throwbacks to Metal Gear Solid 1. I really do. I think that is just makes, this is great. Did the screen change for the view to go to Hideo 2? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> this is also just funny. I don't know. It's just a really cool callback to have him there. And and then I like the dolls that she's holding. One is Mantis and one is the Sorrow. I thought that was really cool, too. And I, I think it implies the Sorrow is the one that saves the day at the end of the day. Maybe. I don't remember. Oh, I have a question for you guys that I forgot to ask from Act 4. Did either of you have a hard time grappling Vamp and injecting him with the steroids? I wouldn't know. Yes, I I knew it was something like that from the first time I played it. I was like, oh, I'm pretty sure I had to do this, but I it was 
And I think I worked, I had might have worked up as like USCQC and do this. And I was like, what are you talking about? And then I eventually figured it out. It took me, I think, over 20 minutes while my wife is waiting for me because we're supposed to go somewhere to try to do this because I wanted to finish it before I turn off the game. It, I just could not get, I could not grab him for the life of me and do it. It took a while. Okay, so that's all I was curious about. But I forgot Joe watched the video. So, yeah. <laughs> okay, I was just curious. And then, I mean, chapter four, I think. Or chapter five, I think, is very interesting too. It's like you, you do more fighting. You fight a bunch of get. You fight a bunch of just soldiers and things. And you're just. It, it reminded me a lot of Metal Gear Solid Two because you're on a ship and it looked a lot like Arsenal too. And then you get to the famous scene that I'm sure after Mantis, I'm sure everybody remembers, where you walk through the microwaves. I have a problem with this scene. Okay. And I, because I remember this, like this is one of the things where gameplay actually meets with cinematics, and it's really cool. <laughs> and I remember I remember that because I was like, man, this is really cool. How is this like you have to keep doing this? You have to keep hitting a button to walk through this microwave tunnels. You're basically getting cooked alive. <laughs> yes. However, so and I wanted this is what I really was waiting to discuss with. So there's just like someone has to go through this thing and snakes like I'll do it. I'm going to die anyways. Fine. So there's no guards at the other end of the tunnel. There's no guards. In the tunnel, Snake is crawling through this, and the robot that Otacon is piloting is right next to him, cheering him on, and then the robot is the one that plugs into the thing. <laughs> I've I never thought about that. So why does Snake have to go through this, Mr. Hideo Kojima, genius writer, Hollywood man? Like, you, you have to that. think of, like, someone has to go to the other end to open the door. The robot is next to him, cheering him on. There's no guards on the other side. It's just like, all right, just go over there and tell me when it's okay, and then I'll walk through, turn it off, and come back. It undermines that whole scene, and I remember the first time I loved it, and playing this, I was like, there has to be a guard at the other end who's going to shoot the robot, and that's yeah, why a human has to go. But there's no reason for him to go. It's so stupid. I didn't think about that, but you are 100% right. Wow, that and, does and make that part dumb. There might be someone who's going to put in the comments and be like, well, actually, blah, blah, blah. when uh, my interpretation of it is that no human being had to crawl through this thing. Yeah, because if you send the robot, or, and send the robot is the one that uploads the virus anyway, what does Snake need to do be there for? Drama. Yeah, because okay. you, you could have even done a thing where it's like, Snake, I have to turn off my robot or it'll get damaged, so you have to drag my cute little robot ass across the fucking yeah, hallway. Yeah, you have to go turn it off so then the robot can go there, but it's right next to you cheering you on. Yeah. <laughs> like, saying, oh, like, you, you can do it, Snake! Like, no, you could have done it. This is all your fault. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and then Raiden offers to go in there, too, right before this, when he decides that I'm going to kill people with a sword in my mouth, and they wait and watch you just talk before they go and try to fight anybody. That's that, also weird. That is my favorite part of this whole game. All because Snake told him, like, Snake was also ad-libbing, too, because Raiden's like, I'm worthless. No one loves me. My wife left me, married an old guy. And it was raining when I was born. Snake kind of just goes, well, you know, you're the lightning from the rain. You know, you shine <laughs> in the darkness. And he's like, do you really mean that snake? He's like, yeah, sure. Whatever. Just quit being depressed. <laughs> and it goes all later on where he shows up and he's just like, I am the lightning and the thunderstorm. And he's just cutting dudes heads off with <laughs> a sword in his mouth. Oh, and I, I do want to talk about because I'm watching it right now. Uh, I forgot that when you're going through the microwave, also is showing you scenes of what your team is doing. A Merrill and Akiba fighting 
frogs and the, sh- the ship that God, what the hell is her Mei Ling is in charge of is fighting like, you know, manta rays and stuff like it's a very cool cinematic scene. Just take away what player said and just forget race that from memory and everything's better. Well, except for the fact that suddenly Meryl is in love with this guy who's a creep and he proposes to her and she's like, OK, uh, he's also a bottom. Oh, actually, you know oh, what, he's you a know? power bottom. Yeah. <laughs> Blair, you're wrong. You should feel better now. Why? In in the in the in the GW room, those little rolly robots show up, so he does have to protect Otacon. Oh, because I remember getting there and not finding finding any opposition. Yeah, no. Uh, while he's while Snake's on the ground trying to get back up, those little rolly arm robots show up, and Snake's blasting them while Otacon's trying to hurry up and hack the computer. So yeah, there oh. there are yeah. Okay. So uh, okay. All right. I retract everything because I remember doing that and I was like, man, I remember this being so impactful. And then the entire time I was like, no, they could have written this in such a way that's like there is an electromagnetic also something that you can send a drone through. It was that a line of dialogue and Lord knows he loves writing wordy things and explanations like that could have been there. Because I remember, yeah, because I remember getting to the other side and being like, there better be something here on the other side, but I don't remember fighting anything. But I don't know. I could have just missed it. It's a good scene. Either way, yeah. it's very, it's very climactic. And the music was good. And it's I one mean, of the instances where you use the medium of a video game to communicate <laughs> a feeling as opposed to watching a movie. <laughs> and I think he actually does he because he doesn't. If I remember right, Ocelot, Liquid Ocelot doesn't succeed because he doesn't launch the the railgun, right? Because you stop him in time. Yeah, the the cute little robot that Ocelot, that uh, Otacon controls, okay. uh, stops at everything in time. Okay, and then oh, there's also during this whole thing, there's a scene that we didn't talk more. Sunny makes eggs, but she can't make eggs, and then Naomi told her how to make eggs, so she makes better eggs. So that's actually very uh, heavy story important for one main specific reason. What's that? Snake and Otacon are awful fucking parents. <laughs> oh, okay. And that yeah, no one pays attention to her. Well, I mean, again, it makes sense. They're not really parents. They're just two guys that adopted a kid because they killed her mother, essentially. Yeah. Yeah, but neither is Kratos. And I'm going to say Kratos is a good dad. Yeah, I'm, I'm halfway through that game and he's just the best dad. <laughs> I need to play God of War 2018 and someday. Oh, and then we, 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 we made fun of it a little bit. Don't forget that uh, Akiba... Uh, the story of Akiba, where his great grandfather was a Russian soldier and then fucked up and let Big Boss escape. So he escaped to America where he had a son and then had another son. And that son decided to join a military place where he got beat up by a really hot chick and fell in love with her. <laughs> oh, and, right. Yeah, that was like I, I was in love with you from the second that you beat the crap out of me and stole my clothes and left me butt naked. <laughs> And I'm pretty sure he says calls her a damn witch. <laughs> and then you get okay, so I then you get to the fist fight with Ocelot on top of the ship. And Ocelot, we hadn't said it in this, but we should say it. So Revolver Ocelot gets his arm cut off in Metal Gear Solid One. In Metal Gear Solid Two, they or at the end of Metal Gear Solid One, they put they put Liquid's arm on because Liquid is dead. But then Liquid's arm took over, so now he's Liquid Ocelot. And in this game, he completely you're he's completely Liquid. I guess wrong, wrong. No, he. Yes. He he basically through the through the use of nanomachines and psychotherapy convinced himself to have a split personality where he thought he was liquid snake so he couldn't be controlled by the Patriot. So it wasn't an idle hand wow. situation where the hand took over his body. 
which would have been fine in the context of his universe. I would have completely bought it. Instead, they have to do this thing where, yeah, I think that might be in the 90 minute epilogue. Okay. Also wrong. I'm also super glad that I'm here because I I didn't realize. I also, didn't, I also didn't realize I didn't realize that I thought the same thing, too. And then I was watching people talk about it. So I went back. He does have Liquid's arm in Metal Gear Solid 2. Yeah, because Ocelot is the son of the boss and the sorrow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he inherited the sorrow's powers and couldn't actually there was actually Liquid taking over him and he couldn't control it and he got sick of it. So there he actually said, please fucking cut Liquid's arm off me and put a robot one and we'll do the fucking dumb mind control bullshit. Oh, that's oh right. I was wondering why he had a robot arm. I was okay. I was wondering why it was different colors. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It's a robot arm. It's not. I knew he had Liquid's arm in two. Yeah. And they even yeah. had Cam Clark come in and do lines, which they completely got rid of in this. That's weird. Okay. That is weird. Oh, and I do got to say that during the fight, like it goes through different modes where it changes to what game it is. Like Metal Gear Solid One, Two, Three, and God, I loved that. I thought that was amazing. And, it plays and the, the music themes. would change, and I got to hear Snake Eater again. I'm still in love with a snake. I'm like, yes. So it's basically the one. fight from They Live. That's what I equated from this. I wish the my thing is that again. I brought it up before. I hate when a game suddenly is like, okay, here's the last fight. Instead of using everything you use up to this point, here's how to fist fight. Yeah, it's. I agree because I, I died a bunch, and I that was a pain in the butt. I did. I do like the music change. But this is when, like, two old people just keep injecting themselves with super steroids, um, <laughs> and which I thought was, like, hilarious as they were like, okay, here's this thing that will make you better, but don't overdo it because it will, won't lose its effectiveness. And they must go through, like, I'm surprised there isn't just, like, a stack of empty syringes from them just plum- <laughs> plunging themselves into their necks. I agree with you. That that, that part is annoying that you're also in a fist fight, but it is, it's epic. It, I mean, again, it's a throwback in Metal Gear Solid 1 where you fought you know, liquid on top of a top of wreck on a fist fight. Yeah. I, I mean, love. again, it's just so much fucking throwbacks to Metal Gear Solid 1, where if you hadn't played Metal Gear Solid 1, you cannot enjoy this game. And I can't, why is it called, what is, <laughs> I wrote a note that said Fox Alive, come on, and I can't remember what Fox Alive is. <laughs> oh. Because there's Fox I, Die. Don't I don't remember either. Oh, and there, we didn't go over this, but the other reason why Snake is sacrificing himself is that he's gonna he's gonna die in less than six months, and he's gonna be a walking bomb, like genetic bomb. To right, I completely it. forgot about that. Yeah, so that that's also why he's like, just kill me. I can't be around people because I'm gonna be a bomb. Fox alive. I don't remember. I feel like maybe he was injected with something that was, and it's gonna save him. I don't remember. Oh, that's it was it. That's the computer virus designed to completely destroy. Him. Oh yes. Yes. Okay. Yeah. And then they that's find out that I thought it was dumb because the virus that they did do <laughs> wasn't what they thought it would do. It it that the whole plan was to blow up JD anyway or or not. I don't remember it. Whatever it did, it did what Ocelot's plan was. And Naomi was actually working. Did what she was supposed to do. Yeah. the the whole The whole weird plot is that they. Uh, what is it? The Ocelot's plan succeeds, but not in the way he wants it. Instead of the whole world being left for dead, they leave what is essentially referred to as a brainstem where the Patriot AI no longer has control, but everything's still intact. So the ATMs and computers and everything still work as opposed to Ocelot's fucked up plan where everyone's left just in the dark and like there's no electricity or power. So the end of Escape from New York. No, the ending of uh, that Simon Pegg movie. All the I've never seen it, but I think I know what you're talking about. The world ends with you, or no? Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. Then the, the world's end, or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. 
spoilers for that movie. <laughs> spoilers from Escape from New York. <laughs> That's okay. I came out in the seventies. Uh, Escape from New York was, or uh, no, Escape from L.A. Sorry, that was the. That's what I meant. Oh. <laughs> that was in the nineties, but still twenty years old. Yeah, but you also reference it. I'm. You're not surprised that this movie rips that. This game rips that movie off. That's fine. Well, I mean, the opening of Metal Gear Solid was the opening from Escape from New York. So <laughs> his name's Snake Plissken. Yeah, no, it's all, yeah, 100%, you know, love letter to that, because he liked that movie. And then I think the epilogue of this game is actually really, really good. I mean, yes, it is an hour and a half of cutscenes, but you can pause it, so it's okay. (laughs) So you can sit at your desk and turn your TV around and have the PS3 controller right there, and if in case you have to do something else, you can pause it and and keep watching it. Watch your your hour and a half movie. So... Something I had to make a note of, and I, I've been waiting a month to bring this up ever since I finished this and watched that epilogue. So game development takes a long time. It's made by games are made by a lot of people. So this came out in 2008. Metal Gear Solid 3 came out in 2004. So let's just say it started development around 2005. So Rose and Raiden meet and Raiden has a new arm somehow. Nano machine. Sure. So you find out that Rose didn't miscarry. She actually took the child to term. So Raiden has a kid who is Virgil. (laughs) Yeah, but she introduces the kid and I I died laughing because it said it's your kid, Jack, little John. And then I said, what? (laughs) 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 It's just like you have a bunch of people. It's like, I'm sorry. You, you can't call the kid Little John. It's like, why can't you? Because Chappelle's show happened. <laughs> I don't get that. But I never watched Chappelle's show. So. I Do you know show. the like Little John? He only says what or okay. Okay. Yeah, I <laughs> know. Like, yeah, I, yeah. I know the, yeah. the memes. Yeah, pretty much. So I, I think <laughs> it's funnier that Raiden's son shows up and he goes, cute kid. You have a kid with the colonel. Yes, Raiden. This fucking white haired, spiky kid, spare, spiky haired kid I had with the colonel. <laughs> uh, I mean, I get it, though. Like, he's just mad and said that stupid. Yeah. Yeah. It, but... It's cool, though. Like, when you find out that Rose was real and Rose is like, he protected us so that way people wouldn't hunt you and wouldn't hurt our kid. And now that the Patriots are gone, you know, we can be together again. Like, I, yeah. I did like. We can rage Virgil Riku as one of our own. <laughs> <laughs> I I really I was just touching. I I thought the whole ending was just touching. Like I did like the joke when when they're Meryl's marrying Akiba, and I think Mei Ling's like, "Where's Snake?" And I feel like there's a he likes to keep us waiting or something like that. There's a joke like that in yes. there. But I'm like, you guys know exactly what you're doing. <laughs> no, I I like to think of a really fucked up meme where it's like it, it, it actually does happen in this game where it's like, "Oh, happy moment. Where's Snake? Snake on his knees in a graveyard with the gun in his mouth, which is." Still haunting to this day. It's a good scene, though. Yeah. <laughs> but again, this is such a good wrap up like this. Everything with Rose, it wraps up, too. And it puts a nice I think it puts a nice bow on it. I know some people might disagree with me, but it, I I like I really like the way it is with Raiden. I, I like the fact that Raiden is, you know, being stupid and not acknowledging that it's his son. And I really do like the graveyard scene with Snake and how it does kind of throw you for a loop where he puts the gun in his mouth. You, I think you hear a gun go off. And then, and then it cuts away. Roll. Good. My, I just wish that the wedding, why couldn't that have been Otacon? Like, yeah. he deserved that. Because Naomi slept with him and then died. At least at least he got laid. Uh, I, I really like that scene because it's like, one, 
she's she's using her her womanly charm to trick him essentially that that's how i took it like you know she slept with him but it wasn't it was the you know because she was gonna escape or whatever the hell she was up to no that's how i took it just me no i i I take it as a weird thing where it's like no yeah it's it's fine like because she ends up being like a double triple agent because the whole point is she technically helped sunny become more of a woman in a not in a weird way but if like she (laughs) if if she wasn't there Sunny wouldn't have made the AI, and I feel like that was like part of her plan. And then technically, she also got rid of Vamp as well. Besides, also killing herself for no dumb reason. Well, I think it's just the the guilt of everything, yeah. too. And she just was ready to go. Yeah, that too. Because I mean, technically, it's her fault that Gray Fox got turned into a robot as well, right? Yes, I think it's something to do with her. And then uh, it's like Raiden gets a happy ending. Johnny Sasaki gets a happy ending. But then Otacon is just well. I guess I have to raise this kid by myself now. <laughs> Snake's probably dead somewhere. <laughs> but uh, and I and then yeah, you you have the credits. You have I, I do like the scene of Sunny being with seeing the kid for the first time. Be like, I'm gonna go, you know, and like wanting to be a human essentially, and not just you know live on it. Like again, it's really it's a really cool thing. I really liked it that she wanted to you know not live on a freaking plane with a, with an idiot. Like, you know, she wanted to be a girl, you know, be a human, be a child. Like, I, I really like that scene. And then you guys are saying you have credits and you have a fucking that something that you do not. Well, you have some credits, but something you do not expect coming, which I still don't completely understand. But I'm OK with it. So you have Kojima absolutely being that bitch and being like, <laughs> oh, yeah, here's all the voice actors and big boss. And it cuts back. It's just like the fucking coolest thing ever. It really is, though. And. Yeah, it's it's you get where honestly, I think I really do think the game should end it here. Maybe not have had reveal that Snake actually didn't kill himself. But this is I actually do feel where the story goes off the fucking rails. Well, it's something that David Hayter actually he's he's brought up in interviews. And I mean, David Hayter has had he actually is grateful to be Solid Snake, but I don't think him and Kojima are really on speaking terms. Like yes. David Hayter had to audition for this. Like he always had to audition for the role of Solid Snake. It wasn't an automatic thing where he got it because Kojima didn't want him. He wanted some other actor, which he did in in five, and that was really stupid. Yeah, no, it's not. Because David Hayter, when the way he <laughs> interpreted is that Solid like Snake is a soldier. When the mission's done, he wouldn't have hesitated. He would have just. That's his interpretation. I think he still wanted to live. So I think I can go either way. I didn't really have a problem with that, with him kind of being a bit shaky. Well, so. I also, you, you go go. Oh, so the, the going off the David Hayter thing as well, because I want to talk about this real quick. I wanted to mention at some point, I can also understand why David Hayter is not cool with Kojima, because in interviews for this game, he completely talked about how he fucking destroyed his voice. He had to do like a shot of chat before every recording just to get his voice that graggly and gross. And I think he even confirmed, like, yeah, this almost destroyed my vocal cords. So I'm, I think that's also why he didn't come back for five. Wow, that's shitty because, I like, think he was a voice actor. You need, you know, your voice is your, is your money. Yeah. Damn. Okay. So he keeps sense. his house. That's how he keeps his house hot. <laughs> oh, I just find that, okay. That, that's also a lot to ask for to have somebody take, I mean, especially the amount of fucking talking there is in this game. But then when you think of a certain actor who recently passed away, who did yeah. an old man and another person in the same scene. OK, yeah, maybe it's just 
maybe Skojima wanted a certain type of thing. Maybe he wanted yeah. he wanted an old man snake, and there was only one way to get that. So I I get it, and I also don't like. But that's also the Japanese really pulling emphasis, and that that's always showed off in other games too, because a lot of the Resident Evil games are voice acted weird because the Japanese think sometimes some things sound cooler than they're supposed to. And Japanese have a much different culture too. Also, much different work culture than we have. Mm-hmm. There's that too. All right, and then what I what I was going to mention is then you have when you have Big Boss show up, that scene of how quickly Snake gets his gun ready. He's like, you know, he's like all of a sudden like, fuck suicide, let's go. Like, because again, makes sense. He fought this guy, you know, multiple times. Like, it, it's a good scene. And Big Boss has the Patriot gun from Boss. I really like that. So it, it's just really cool. It's just a really cool scene to have. I don't understand how Big Boss is still alive. I don't remember what the what the reasoning was or how they he's explained a, it. He's a homunculus of parts from liquid. I think they had oh, so much of his body, and then it's like, okay, then yeah, it's almost. I don't know. I know this 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 universe plays fast and loose with science, but it basically treats it like, oh, the engines broke down. It's like, eh, we got lots of parts of old snakes over here. Just put put one of those on. <laughs> yeah, because um, I believe what the hell is his name? Solidus. Solidus is missing a bunch of body parts, and that's that's how the explanation for that goes. Okay. Yeah, in Act Three, they think they're chasing Big Boss's body, but it's actually Solidus because oh, unlike Liquid and Solid, who are one is recessive, one is dominant. Uh, Solidus is just one for one. Yeah, except the okay. eye patch is on the wrong on the wrong side of the body, <laughs> and no one noticed. But also, without completely spoiling it, Metal Gear Solid Five does also explain what's going on. I unfortunately know the twist. Yeah, me too. Uh, just that's and I have talk. no desire to play that game ever. <laughs> oh, I do. I love that game just as much as I love this one and all of them. I didn't even say spoilers before. Oh, I think at this point you listen to the show, you should know what goes on. <laughs> we spoil everything. It's a discussion. Yeah, I guess. So yeah, spoilers it, for Metal Gear Solid Five, since we're not Ash talking about. So if you don't want to know the big twist, turn you might want to skip ahead. Well, what what's the big twist, Mike? So we I won't go that far into it. The, the twist that I think it is is that you aren't who you think you are. That's the only thing big, I know about the game. You're I don't want to know anything boss. else. You're someone that. who's psycho-hypnotically induced into thinking that they're Big Boss, as Big Boss is actually in a coma. Yeah. Yeah. So also That's with all that, I know, unfortunately. It's fine. Also with that, this, this goes into even deeper, because 5 explains... Because if I have never played 5, I would actually be more mad at the ending of this than I would have normally been. But 5 does even go further into this. Because you get into this whole thing where... Big Boss confirms that him, Paramedic, Zero, and all of them were the the Patriots. And then they all kind of got displaced because Zero ends up becoming a fucking psychopath, which happens out of nowheres and isn't still even really explained in in Part 5 either. Because Part 5 has a bunch of recordings as to why he does end up becoming a psychopath. But then he's revealed in this to be like a dude who's on just basic life support like he's not even a man he's just a hunk of meat yeah then he pulls a plug on him yeah which he deserves it but it's like <laughs> this dude's a hunk of meat how, how is killing him like how how is it possible that he's been the main antagonist this entire time and how did he sneak up on them with like a wheel like a machine <laughs> he's like where did this like guy come from it's like you never heard the like oxygen machine going and the beeps going from the like <laughs> <laughs> and then does he does Big Boss die at the end of this? Because I know they go to the gravestone of the boss they're at. Yes. Yeah, because the snake has a virus and he's like, oh, I'm going to die. Hold on. I 
I'm going to die in like a couple of minutes or right away. But then he goes on for like a good 10 minutes and then they like walk somewhere else and then sit down and then talk for another couple of minutes. Well, <laughs> it's the, a very selective virus. Yeah. Well, though, the idea is that he uh, what is it? The at the beginning of the game, Drebin injects Snake with new nanomachines. The idea is that the Patriots actually are a huge issue and everything in this game they do is well. Because later on, it reveals that Drebin is actually still technically controlled by the Patriots. Oh, yeah. The, yeah, he was the one helping them. And that that injection that he gets at Snake in the beginning of the game is the new Fox die, which gets rid of the old Fox die, but is meant to kill Big Boss, Ocelot, and Ava, which is weird because I could have sworn Ava dies from, like, blood loss. But I guess it was just the new Fox die. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I'll take and it. I... Yeah, and I guess that's why Ocelot succumbs to his wounds. It looks natural, but it's not. Okay. And then Snake doesn't die in this game, right? Like, they don't show that, if I remember correctly? It just no. insinuated that he's going to die? Yeah, they... If I remember correctly, Revengeance ends up revealing that he actually okay. lives for, like, he lives for another... Yeah, I I, I, uh, I heard you cut out, but that, that happens every now and then. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, Skype just disconnected me, I think. Yeah, I I think Re- Revengeance reveals that Snake live continue to live on for like another like decade or so. So he doesn't he dies of naturally clone old age. Oh, okay, that's cool. One day. <laughs> All right. Any last things to say about Metal Gear? What we do? Any last things to say before we go into questions, comments, or memories? I got some from one group, and that's it. I have one thing, but Blair, you want to go? I think I'm good. I I totally one thing from the whole Drebin reveal. I love that the because Merrill's unit is called Rap Patrol 01, but it <laughs> reorganized its Patriots. And I never even I forgot that that was a big reveal at the end. I did. I didn't remember any of that either. So it's great. I and like uh, it. My, my big whole thing is that the beginning of this game teases uh, Metal Gear Revengeance because it, with the ending, Sonny's love goes, oh, look at the eggs. It looks like they're rising. And the next game is Metal Gear. Rising. Ah. <laughs> funny. Yeah, that, that's my tidbit. Okay. All right. And that will bring us to questions, comments, and memories. I didn't get much from the groups I posted, but I watched the entire Orblood replay group was awesome enough to give me lots of comments. And first comment from friend of the show, very good friend of the show, Michael Hughes, because I called this game a classic. He responded classic in quotations. <laughs> He's not fond of this game, by the way. <laughs> and from Greg Fairchild. It was the first game I ever got at midnight, and the whole reason I bought a PS3. I loved the game back then, but I, I've cooled off on it over the years since it kind of goes downhill after Act 2 and just becomes an explosion lore dump movie. The game has a ton of tiny attention to detail and Easter eggs, but they fall the wayside the further into the game you go. I also feel like the only one who remembers the M- MGS4 integral podcast in-game that talked about secrets and hidden Easter eggs that I would have never found. Middle Gear Online was broken as fuck and rad and should come back in an official form. Okay, so it was there. All right, and Henry Chan, as someone who viscerally dislikes fan service, MGS4 was sadly not a game for me. Still, some of the hype moments absolutely, absolutely fucking own. From Luis Avocado, Avisado, love that game. My favorite part has to be when Snake pilots Metal Gear Rex and fight Liquid's Metal Gear Ray. That was an epic fight, it really is. And from another friend of the show, Daniel Jones, for the longest time I've had a reputation for hating this game, and I think I still do. The massive cutscenes and internet gameplay has always put me off, it just felt like the gameplay never really built any momentum because of the lengthy cutscenes. And as someone who usually only gets about one hour of gaming time here and there, the prospect of going back and replaying this seems impossible. But something in me kind of wants to. Man, fuck this game. <laughs> <laughs> no, I get it. I've been meaning to replay this for 
years and I finally got around to it. Like I have been wanting to put this on the show for a while. One, I had to work to it, but also I just, it, with it being a game that was trapped in the PS3, it was hard for me to want to put this on the show because I'm like, because I always had co-hosts and I'm like, well, I don't want to, if you don't have a PS3, there's no other way for you to play this. You can't emulate it really well. You can't, you know, you can't play on a PC. You can't play on PS4. You can't play on PS5. Like there's like, it's such a hard game that I was like, I was very unsure about putting it on the show and then it worked out. But so I, I completely get it from St- Stephen McNeely. This is definitely one of my favorite games. I got, I got a PS3 my sophomore year just for this game. It's also the Metal Gear that introduced me to Metal Gear Online. The cutscenes can definitely be long, but it's trying to wrap up the loose ends. I'll never forget the final fight with Liquid, the soundtrack, just everything. It's not my absolutely favorite MGS, but it's definitely in the top three. And I'll admit, I cried when Anacon is talking to Sonny about Snake and he had a hard life. Such a fantastic game that I still own. If I had a PS3, I'd still be playing through it. My only hope is to see it get put on PS Premium at some point. That would be nice. Come on. Come on, Sony. Yeah. <laughs> From Randolph Spark. It totally succeeded in its goal of wrapping up the MGS series in a bombastic, over-the-top manner that at the cost of totally alienating anyone that isn't well-versed in Metal Gear Solid. Yeah. As a fan, I enjoyed being serviced. The final battle with Liquid Ocelot is one of my favorite final bosses ever, but it does lack the focus and coherence that made MGS 2 and 3 some of the greatest games of all time. Okay. He called Metal Gear Solid 2 coherent? <laughs> he did, yes. It's not, but he did, yes. I think it is. <laughs> Harry Carey Rock? I need scissors. <laughs> that's what I think about that <laughs> from Randy Brink I remember how quick it was to beat that game once you got the gameplay got into the gameplay four hours of content if you rushed it in like 20 hours of cutscenes as much as I love the story the lack of gameplay was so bad people complained about how $70 for new games is a ripoff that game was basically one long tech demo with some gameplay element he's <laughs> not wrong <laughs> from Casey Hecox it's such a fucking good game Absolutely ripped. Look stunning. The gameplay had so much room for experimentation. I love the story. I usually say it's my favorite MGS, though two and three are as good as as good in my eyes. I never mind the cutscene. They're well done and cool. Shit happens all the time. It's more fun to watch than a lot of action movies I've seen. Absolutely love this game. Okay, and I got just a couple more I'm going to read. Uh, Tyler McClear. I remember it had a lot of memorable moments, but I seem to remember the cutscenes going on forever. I mean, Longer than a normal Metal Gear. I'm probably wrong. I haven't played the game in years. No, you're not wrong. It goes on for a fucking long time. And from Jesse Whitley, I remember trying to learn the special whistle, I think, in the fourth area. I don't know what that means. I don't either. Okay. And last one I'm going to read from Zach Harris. Metal Gear Solid 4 is incredible and the best super fan service wrap-up I could have wanted for the series. Some of the best satisfying moments in the series are in it. While the gameplay isn't much of a focus due to being cutscene heavy, it's nice how amazing those cutscenes are. Some of my favorite moments are Rex vs. Ray, the Liquid Ocelot fight plus Revelation, how they made Raiden hilariously edgy, his fight with Vamp, the epilogue confrontation everyone wanted. It's a game built on Samus for fan service for, well, fan. This is good, isn't it? Destroys me every time. All right. I'm glad that people really have a lot to say about this game. And that brings us to our last shelf stacker box. And Blair, what about you? Oh, this is a tough one because I don't know if I want to put this in the stack or if I want to put it in a box. I think if you're into the, I guess I'll put it in the stack because I think if you're into the series, then obviously you're going to want to see where it's, how it ends. I don't think it's a very satisfying conclusion in hindsight. There's a reason why I've only played this twice where I've replayed all the other ones a bunch and I love revisiting them. I'll probably never play this again. For many of the reasons from your comments, like it's cutscenes are too long winded, self-indulgent. A lot of the things to me feel like fan fiction more than satisfying conclusions of story threads. 
and all the other ones just have a better balance of cool gameplay moments and systems and mechanics with the cutscenes, where this just feels like warmed over leftovers from three. Okay. And Joe, for the guy that didn't play the game. <laughs> yeah, I think for that reason, I think I'm also going to put it on the shelf. I do love the Metal Gear Solid series. It's one of probably one of my top three favorite series. And, you know, it's dead in the water because Konami sucks ass. But yeah. there's, al- there's always the fun option of you can always put this, pop this in and watch the movie mode, which is also really funny to do. But I, I love the entire Metal Gear Solid series. I think all everything wraps up. I hate that five technically leaves you off on a cliffhanger because Konami didn't want to finish the game because it would cost too much money. But it's whatever. I love the series. Okay. And I'll go last. I'm going to put this on the shelf because I had a great time replaying this game. I really, really enjoyed it. I didn't think I was going to. I came into it just like, okay, we'll see how it goes. I'll see what I think. And I left just happy. I had an amazing time. This game to me felt like the conclusion I, I really needed and wanted and wrapped up the whole series for me. It put a nice bow on it. And I, can't believe how much I enjoyed playing watching this game. <laughs> I shouldn't say playing it because it really was just an experience. And I think that's how I'm going to always describe this. And I agree with Joe. I hate the fact that this game is locked to the PS3. I hate that. That really bothers me because I'm I want to say I'm kind of a guy about video game pres- preservation. I, I feel like I want people to be able to play a game, you know, whether you know, I want you know, you can I want to it should be able to be bought for a reasonable price, especially, you know, it's fucking you know, 12 years old or in this case, 14 years old, like it should be able to be bought for a reasonable price. It should be able to play it in experience if you can. I know that's not a simple thing or emulated. Like, you know, if you're going to go down that route, like it makes me sad this game is really trapped in a PS3. I mean, you can, people have emulated on the Steam Deck, but it runs like shit from what I've seen. So it can be emulated, but it's really tough to emulate. And that's just kind of sad to me that it doesn't exist. So yeah. Uh, and if you want to, so that's, that's everything I need to say. And if you want to hear more Metal Gear Solid, uh, us talk about it you can all right we did metal gear solid 2 sons of liberty episode 160 god it's been a long time metal gear solid twin snakes episode 138 metal gear solid 3 snake eater episode 109 metal gear solid episode 57 metal gear 2 solid snake episode 51 and metal gear ghost babel episode 7 god it's been since we did two which is when i was continuing to get through that was that that's a long time for me that was episode 160 because that long to finish the series Okay. I do consider this finished. I will do Peace Walker. I will do five. I will do Portable Op. But to me, I consider this finished the series. Now I got to go through big bosses series. So, which is mainly what Peace Walker and five and then Portable Ops too. If I go down that road, I guess. At this is point, there I'm Portable Ops too? Hmm? There was is Portable there? Ops Plus, which yeah. was just maps. That was actually the first playable appearance of Old Snake. Oh, uh-huh. okay. And Blair, where can people find you at? Uh, you can... Find me, I guess, if Twitter still exists at Blarcade. <laughs> Even when that does go down, you can read my work at comicbookvideogames.com. I won't spoil it to the two people who are presently recording this. But on by the time this episode comes out, I should have a really cool interview that I was really excited to do on the website. So if you go check it out, it's for a project that a friend, Chris Baker, is doing called Marvel Games 40 because there's 40 years of Marvel games. So I did uh, an interview that uh, I hope everyone checks out because I really like doing it. Nice, man. All right. Actually, that's how we met was because of Chris Baker. I had asked Chris Baker to be on a guest for an episode just to see what would happen. And he wasn't able to do it, but he recommended you. And then that's how we met. I'm always happy being Chris (laughs) Baker's go-bot. 
<laughs> you were one of the well, but yeah, you're the one that I ended up talking to, and then we've been talking ever since. Everyone wants the Transformers, but they'll stick with the GoBots, and that's where I slide in. (laughs) (laughs) All right. And if you enjoyed this episode, we have over 400 other episodes for you to listen to. So go check out the giant fucking catalog that I have built so far. Uh, Please, you can find everything on Podbean if you can't find what you're looking for on Spotify or iTunes, because they only go back 100 episodes, and I produce a fuck ton of content. So it doesn't have everything. And never will, because I produce too much fuck ton of content. So <laughs> go to that. And want to give a shout out to my awesome intro and outro, courtesy of Helena at Hell Hatsfree. You can follow her on TikTok, which she went viral. I gotta, I'm going to keep saying that because I'm impressed. I really am. Like, I, I wish I'd go viral, but I, I'm impressed. But she does. She makes good stuff. And if you want to support the show, we do have a Patreon. For those dollars, you can vote in our Patreon poll. At the time you're hearing this, you have still have three days to vote in the Patreon poll, which is. Uh, what Christmas movie isn't a Christmas movie that we should cover? Uh, Batman Returns, Ghostbusters 2, which I know is not a Christmas movie, Lethal Weapon, and Gremlins. You get to choose which one we're going to cover. So Didn't even put Die Hard in there. I didn't on purpose. <laughs> I'm saving that for, I mean, there'll be another poll next year, so that Die Hard will be on there. And then, and probably everything else that didn't win, so. <laughs> we still see. I said people keep telling me Ghostbusters 2 is not a Christmas movie, so <laughs> it probably shouldn't be on there. But the, the internet told me it was. That's why it's there. And if you want to talk, if you want to chat with us, you can join our Discord. You'll see a link in the show notes that now is updated because someone told me it wasn't updated. So I, I updated it. So you'll see an updated link now that should work. So definitely go do join us on there, please. I'd love to talk with more people. And I want to give a shout out to my buddy Bill Tucker to the MCU movies with me and start his own podcast. Gamer looks up for you. Definitely go check him out. And please follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and on YouTube. Audio only, but we are on YouTube. I think that's everything I need to say. So we will see you guys all next time. Bye, everybody. Bye. I'll keep you waiting. <laughs> yeah.